Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 11th, 2016. I am back, and so is my amazing co-host Shaka to break down week six of the NFL season. Shaka, how you doing today? Good. I mean, I'd be even happier if the Jets would actually do something, but I'm okay. I'm Dude. okay. Dude, you know, I think there is still some bright spots for the Jets, even though they are 1-4. It's looking a little dire for them. Let's just jump right into it. Jets-Steelers, what were your takeaways? I'm going to go ahead and say the big takeaway here is if you're looking for a wide receiver, Sammy Coates is not a bad guy to look at. Mm-hmm. He's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. the defense pretty nicely. Even um, though he did have a drop right on the one-yard line. He caught a, 50, he caught a couple a of touchdowns, drops. but he had some awful drops as well. Which is crazy. I mean, the guy probably could have had three or four potential touchdowns. He just, he absolutely mauled the defense. Yeah. His first touchdown was literally just off the snap, just run as hard as he can. Mm -hmm. And he absolutely torched the defense. Yeah. So, I mean, Sammy Colts is always going to be that guy. He's a home run hitter, you know, with just a a history of drops. But he still, that offense is just so, there's so much fire. There's so many options. That, you know, a guy like him, he just thrives in it, and he absolutely showed it. One I mean, one coverage, forget it. he really kind of filled in. I mean, you want to go years ago, Mike Wallace, but also last year, the Martavis Bryant role. I mean, that's what yeah. Martavis Bryant was doing. And I watched that uh, that first touchdown. I caught it on TV. Um, well, by the way, for listeners out there, Shaka and I both went to the same wedding this weekend. It was excellent. It, it was very lovely. It was lovely. Um but as I was flying back on Sunday, I caught the first quarter of that Steelers-Jets game, and I saw that first touchdown. I mean, he just outran the cornerback. Pretty much the cornerback gave him a little room, and he just went past him. Roethlisberger threw him the ball. Bada-bing, bada-boom. That was about all there was to say for it. Um, Roethlisberger had his way with the Jets. This was... I mean, his aerial attack is dangerous. Antonio Brown got in the mix. Le'Veon... I mean... Yeah, Sammy Coates. That's the sort of new, and not Marcus Wheaton. Marcus Wheaton, I don't no, think has ever. I don't think he's truly panned out to be that guy. But I mean, Sammy Coates, I think, is for real. And this this passing game for the Steelers is not going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah, I listened to this on the drive back, and there was I, I remember there were a couple of times where Jeff had so many penalties that yep. Roethlisberger was getting free plays. He just throw the ball up, and you know if he. You get a first down or you get a touchdown, you know, there's no penalty. You throw an interception, you're fine. They just had their way. It's like practice. Yeah. It, it just, it felt as though even early on the game got away from the Jets. Uh, and they were in, you know, they didn't have problems moving the ball. I mean, you know, Brandon Marshall still had a hell of a game. Um, I don't really know if they were able to do much else besides that. I mean, there was just, Steelers are probably one of the best teams in the league right now. And I mean, it's the Steelers. If you're going to play a team like the Steelers, you're going to have to score. And it pretty much takes your running game out of the equation if you don't really want to keep up yeah. in terms of just putting points on the board. Cause so I, they, were, they weren't getting anything done. Yeah, and I don't think Matt Forte had a bad game. But it, again, you know, they were down and the Jets had to abandon the running game. Pretty much. Playing catch-up at this point, you're just going to have to air it out. And to Fitzpatrick's credit, he didn't throw any picks. Nope. A lot, a lot more crisp. A lot more manageable, but you just you really gotta you really gotta pile on the points when you're playing the Steelers, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I don't know if I can knock the Jets as much as the last couple of games. Fitzpatrick had some terrible interceptions, but this really wasn't that. This was just them getting beat by a better team, and 
you know, I kind of feel optimistic for the Jets next week, you know? Schedule's going to get a little bit more more reasonable. They're finally finally getting away from those first slate of games that are just atrocious. They're still going to have to look down the road at the Patriots, though. It's just not quite now, but it's coming. Okay, okay. Um... Anything else to take away? Quincy Anunua still, you know, still steady. That guy is steady. He's going to give you some consistency, and I think Eric Decker is going to be out for a little bit longer. His his uh, his injury is that bad. So Anunua's not going to be, you know, the second coming of anyone really. I, he's he's consistent. I'm still waiting for him to have kind of just a a monster blowout game, but. I'd still say if you're looking for a, a wide receiver, Anunua's a little bit lower on why must-have list yeah. compared to a coach. Coach is gonna, is, has more potential in that offense to give you just huge numbers. And Nuno is going to keep you, uh, he's going to keep the boat steady. No, I completely agree. Consistent, steady. Um, you want to move on? You want to get away from this? Yes. Let's, let's go to my Philadelphia Eagles, who uh, registered their first loss of the season on the road against the Detroit Lions. They lost by one point. Carson Wentz threw his first interception of the season. Uh, Shaka, can I give you a couple of first takes that I had on this game? Please. So I didn't see the game because I was flying in the air, as I mentioned before. I missed the entire first slate of games. I was in the air, you know, watching whatever TV United Airlines provides, which was essentially just a whole bunch of commercials. Um, But this is what I saw when I took away from the Eagles game after I recapped it. So number one, the Lions jumped ahead very quickly. Uh, Theo Riddick had a couple of touchdowns in the first quarter, and pretty much very quickly they were up by three touchdowns, and the Eagles had to play catch up. They, you know, they got they had a couple of drives where they looked, you know, pretty good. And I saw Carson Wentz's highlights. He looks pretty solid. Like even even in the you know he made there were many many beautiful third down conversions where I'm not talking about third and second or third and four. I'm talking third and eight. I'm talking third and 16. There was even a third down and 36 where Carson Wentz made the conversion. And the thing that really impressed me is that they were losing by double digit points. They came all the way back to take the lead all the way back. And this was great play by the team and specifically Carson Wentz. But of course the story of it is how they completely blew the game at the end of the game. Ryan Matthews had a horrible fumble where the ball was yep. totally in the wrong hand. He should have had it in the, the, the sideline arm, and he didn't. He fumbled it. And then the friggin', uh, the Lions kick a field goal. They, t- they retake the lead, and then Carson Wentz throws a pick. And I don't want to call it an awful pick because I'm an Eagles I fan. Say it was. I don't say it was. I'm an Eagles fan, and I watched this pick very closely. I replayed it several times. I give Carson Wentz credit for putting his balls out there and trying <laughs> balls, putting his balls out there, <laughs> trying to get it downfield. But also, Nelson Aguilar didn't really help him. He didn't really box out the defender. He didn't get up there and wrestle for it. Like I think half of that needs to be on the receiver as well. So I was still impressed even in the loss. Thank you for letting me rant, Shaka. What were your takes on this game? Well, tying on to what you said there, I don't really think it was a bad pick. Mm-hmm. Really, it's just a young guy trying to make something happen when he sees the game is kind of starting to get away from him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Aguilar, when you're coming, when you're going downfield like that in a situation like that where you know your quarterback's going to be airing it out, you got to be more of a defender than a receiver in that situation because at least if you're not going to get the ball, no one else is. Exactly. So it's a combination, it's a combination of both. But I honestly, that's a rough way to kind of end the... Um, 
the interception left streak. It's just really trying to get your, your team just a chance to, you know, really fight and get a W in. So I I really can't fault him for that interception. Mm-hmm. That being said, Ryan Matthews, man, that, that, I, I kind of feel for him even on that one. That's one of those things where you're just in the moment and one of those, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of those techniques that they teach you always, always yeah. in drills and drills and drills. Yeah. You kind of get away from it because you're so desperate to get some extra yardage, and you know what? It's why they why they hammer it into you, why they drill it into you, because situations yep. like that. And he just got pinched. He yeah. Got pinched between one of his own guys and the defender coming in and just literally head on the ball, and it just popped right out. So it's it's rough. I'm sure he's probably probably sitting in the locker room after that game, just wondering like, you know, why didn't I? Why didn't I stick to the fundamentals? Yeah. So it's a rough one for the it's a rough one for your Eagles there, buddy. But uh, you know that the Lions. Theoretic having a monster game, and yeah. he just looks look like that's his job to lose. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. you know, even with he, even though he's not primarily the the like hard three down running back, he's more of their passing down back. He's getting the most volume of all those running backs. They've had so many injuries. Amir Abdullah's he's on IR, so I think yeah. Theoretic is probably the most trustworthy running back that they have. Um, and you know, I was listening to a. Um, the Ringer, their NFL show, uh, Robert Mays, t- comes up. He was talking about how he was fairly impressed with Matthew Stafford. There was a lot of good takeaways to go with the Lions here. Marvin Jones is still amazing. Um, Golden Tate actually showed up a little bit, had a couple of nice yeah. plays. Um, and I still think Matthew Stafford's a pretty tasty uh, fantasy pick. You kind of need to see who he's playing, though. Um, it's true. Because, you know... I mean, the defense isn't anything to, to really sniff at, but I think that really factors into whether or not you go with the Stafford because it looks like they're going to have to be playing catch-up on anyone they play, basically. So Stafford's always going to get some yardage. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, Ryan Matthews came back. So before that one game before the bye week, he really got out of the rotation. They brought in Sproles. They brought in Kenyon Barner. I'm suspecting now that maybe he had tweaked his ankle, and that's why they put him put him uh, on the bench in that game. Because this past game, it was pretty clear Ryan Matthews got most of the work, and they trusted him with most of that. Um, the thing that just burns me is why isn't DeMarco Murray or LaShawn McCoy still on the team? Because both of them are playing so fucking well right now. We could just have them on the Eagles right now. Sorry, I got a little it's worked nice up. It's nice to dream. It's nice to dream. Oh, God. I, got a, I just got a little worked up there. I'm sorry. Um, back back to reality. I need to take a deep breath. I had a long day. Uh, <laughs> so um, I still th- I think Ryan Matthews is probably last – this game kind of reasserted him as the running back to have with the Eagles. I think Sproles is still going to be in that mix, but I think Ryan Matthews is definitely the guy who's probably going to still be the primary back. Do you agree with that? Well, they're still giving Matthews the ball in the, the red zone situation. Yeah. And he actually has been catching it. He caught a few at the backfield in this game. Uh, I mean, that fumble, I'm wondering how that's going to really affect uh, the confidence coaching staff has in him going forward. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, Matthews, he, he's he's a big factor in games, along with Strolls. So they really they really need him. So I think, um, yeah, I'm going to go with him being the lead back still. Strolls had a pretty good game for you. Had a couple of nice carries. Mm-hmm. But he's not a workhorse in the same way that Ryan Matthews. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, anything else you want to move on? Um, I think that's it. All right, let's uh, let's go to the Patriots. Tom Brady is back, and he's better than ever, baby. Um, stomping on the Cleveland there. Browns. Stomping on the Cleveland Browns. Okay, before we talk about Tom Brady, the Cleveland Browns lose 
a third quarterback to injury. They are now on quarterback number four, Charlie Whitehurst. Quote Charlie Whitehurst, I can drive any vehicle to its limit. Oh, my God. That's what he really said. He said that. He, they, apparently, he was interviewed in GQ last year, and like that's what he said. He's like, I can drive any car to its limit. Unbelievable. I wish I had remembered. I was going to send you this. Um, I think it was Deadspin. They had taken uh, caps. They had taken screen caps of the Cleveland Browns Twitter during the game. Oh. And she just saw the amount of Because I think, well, what happened? Uh, how did it start? Starting quarterbacks. Cody Kessler. Kessler gets injured. Uh-huh. Kessler gets injured. Uh-huh. Cody Kessler's out of the game. Mm-hmm. Then I think was it Spell Prior immediately after was it Charlie Whitehurst. Charlie Whitehurst came in. I, Charlie Whitehurst is in the game. Yeah, I'm looking at then the box Charlie score Whitehurst right now. Charlie Whitehurst got injured. He got injured. Then Terrell Pryor came in at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think they hit Terrell Pryor to come out for a few snaps. Mm-hmm. Charlie Whitehurst is back in the game. And mm-hmm. this is the Cleveland Browns Twitter updating as the game goes on. And it just looks like just a parody of like what an actual NFL game should be. And this pretty much sums up the Cleveland Browns season at quarterback. It's, it's, it's madness. I mean, I can't make this shit up. And, I mean, is this is this bad offensive line play? Is this bad team play in, whole, in general? Is it just bad luck? I want to uh, see bad luck. It's, how does this happen? Not only to just... A terrible uh, team. A, a terrible it, franchise. And it just... It, it has to be bad luck. There's a curse somewhere. I don't know who, who worked the magic for this curse, but I need their number. <laughs> Holy crap. Because you got a few people you got to put on a list. This is effective. Oh, I I just... um, Okay, from a fantasy perspective, Isaiah Crowell is still legit. He's probably... He and Terrell Pryor are probably your your most reliable pieces on these teams. I mean, Crowell didn't really have a good game. Uh, I mean, that's the the case of playing catch-up, you know, with the Patriots team. Exactly. The Patriots went up early. Uh, Gary Barnage finally showed up. He was probably, that was probably the most exciting takeaway from the Browns was he actually had a decent game. No touchdowns, but he actually had some. The question is, under which quarterback are we getting this this Gary Barnage? Uh, I don't know because I didn't watch the game, and I'd have to go through the play-by-play to see exactly who Gary Barnage received passes from because there were three different people who threw passes for the Browns. I think it's just going to be really fickle. It's, It's a scary thing to watch, just... I can't even say they're imploding. They've, they've already imploded, and it's just, it's just, it's just a dust. It's just sad. scattering in the air. It's sad. It's really sad because Hugh Jackson deserves better. He's a great coach. He really does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just poor guy. Now, let's get away from the Browns. Let's talk about the Patriots and how brilliant they are. Tom Brady in the press conference, two to three buttons open on the button-up shirt, showing some chest. Uh, it's just a man. It's just, just a man's man. For 400 passing yards, three touchdowns, all three touchdowns going to Martellus Bennett. The two tight end set that they talked about all offseason has finally come to fruition. Rob Gronkowski got 100 yards. I mean, they were clicking on all cylinders. Chris Hogan got, a, I believe, 100 yards, man. It was everything that you would expect from the Patriots finally happened as soon as uh, Mr. Brady walked right back in the door. Um, what are your takeaways on this Patriots team? Well, it makes it very hard for you. If you're in fantasy and you're looking and you go, all right, well, who do I play? Yeah, I'm, I'm really – because I'd started Julian Edelman in one of my leagues. and uh, yeah, I, I, I would have if I were you because Julian Edelman and Tom Brady are historically like – they're like best friends. I think they just had a TV commercial together. Oh, yeah. I, I saw the new like, Ugg commercial. Edelman's in the Ugg commercial. I would have Julian Edelman immediately. Yeah. 
PPR leagues, you know, the, the guy just cleans up. Um, Chris Hogan, out of nowhere, has become just, I mean, he, you can't really look away. He's, he's, he's probably going to be around for a few games. He's probably yeah. going to have a couple big games down the road. Mm-hmm. Danny Amendola, same thing. And, uh, and, and now Marcellus Bennett, who was kind of the big question mark coming into the season, has three touchdowns, and a couple were just laughable. Like, he's, the guy's an absolute savage. One was a walk-in. I saw that yeah. one. Oh, yeah, he just I saw that. literally strolled into the end zone. So now, you know, you got Gronk and you got Bennett. I mean, this this offense is just roaring. It's yeah. terrifying. It's, uh, there's a real sense of... Um, this almost is starting to feel like the Saints sometimes, where it's kind of like they throw it to everybody. You're really not sure he's going to pop off when. Because I don't think Chris Hogan's going anywhere. I think that that deep bomb threat was there, except that you know Garoppolo and Brissett couldn't get him the ball, and Brady can. Um, yes. And Same this thing is the Steelers too, even. Yeah, and I think this this Gronkowski Bennett, you know, one two punch is going to live on all season. The tricky thing is going to be. You never know who's going to really come off because at any given time he's going to hit Bennett or Gronk, depending on who's you know who's not double covered. It's it's going to be tough because now it benefits their offense. But like you said, from a fantasy perspective, you know Martellus Bennett could absolutely come back down to earth and have two catches for thirty yards next week and no touchdowns. And also bear in mind the Patriots, the way they run their offense is sometimes they like to turn that extra tight end set into a blocker. Mm-hmm. So it may not even be a situation of targets. They, they, he might not just have an assignment as a receiver for a play. So it's all depending on what Belichick feels like running. Now, James White, he got into the yeah. mix a lot too. Do we? I'm thinking he's a tasty waiver wire pickup. We talked about this last week, and I mean, it came, it it was proven in this game against the Browns. I mean, do you think he can he can consistently put up numbers each week, James White? What do you think? Well, last year, basically the guy that was in White's situation is Deion Lewis, who's yep. uh, you know just a year by year favorite in New England. He's had a really really bad set of injuries. I think his biggest one so far is a knee injury, which he still hasn't really recovered from. Mm-hmm. And they need that running back who can um, be the check down back catch the ball out of the backfield and put up some yardage. I think, actually, I would say James White is a bit faster than Deion Lewis. He's mm. not smart of a running back. He doesn't have that same kind of vision down the field mm-hmm. as Deion Lewis, but he makes up for it with pure talent and pure speed. Okay. So absolutely. He works well in the offense, too. He's smart, and Tom Brady trusts him with the football. So you can absolutely put him down. I would say maybe as a flex player, a flex option in a game, because you never know. He had a couple games, I think, last year. We had 100 yards receiving. No, I agree. So he's got the potential to, you know, just bust it out on you. Um, Chris Hogan, do you think he's worth a stash? I would say Hogan's worth a stash, especially, you know, um, we got Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman have a history of injuries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if one of those guys goes down, absolutely expect to see a, a big boost in targets. Okay. okay. Potentially be this bust out yet. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, you want to move on? Anything else to mention? Just poor Browns, man. Dude. I really hope they kind of get this together. They got a lot of young pieces, and I mean, I just hope to see this actually come to fruition with a Hugh Jackson as coach. Just, just unfortunate. Just absolutely unfortunate. Um, let's go to a game of a little bit more of some hard-hitting teams. Let's look at the Minnesota Vikings defeating the Houston Texans pretty convincingly at home. Um... What's apparent to me is that this Vikings team—they're one of the best teams in the league. The defense is amazing. They're now five and zero. 
Um, they're going into a bye week, clearly dominating. Um, anything that you're taking away from the Vikings team so far, Shaka? Well, Sam Bradford, holy crap. Just, yeah. Fits this, the entire team, this offense, like a glove. To, I, he looks, to he walk looks in a week good. before the season starts. He looks amazingly good out there. I, I saw him just he, he, never missing a beat, never under any pressure. It's in a weird way. I don't want to compare him to an Aaron Rodgers because he is not that. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of when he's actually in the pocket and not worrying about the blitz, just having time to throw the ball downfield. And just in that sense alone, just the confidence in the pocket, Bradford looks at home yeah. with this Vikings offense. So it's it's going to be really scary to see. The Stephen Diggs, I think, is a bit hurt, so he really hasn't been a, a big part of this uh, production right now. But yeah. when he is... Holy crap! Look that, out! That was a shock to see Stefan Diggs uh, as a late game, as a late scratch. He was a that really I think took me by surprise. Took a handful of other people by surprise as well. But it really opened the door for this guy, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen had a big yeah. day. I think there were two back-to-back plays where it was Bradford to this kid, and both times the, the defenders once they were they were playing too far off, mm-hmm. and the second time he got absolutely beat. Yeah, for the touchdown. So they got weapons. They uh, this this team is definitely it's it's a little interesting because the offense is effective, but I can't really pinpoint too many key pieces that I can rely on. I think Sam Bradford is. I mean, let's be real here. He's finally looking like the number one pick. They thought it only took him six, seven seasons and three different teams to finally start looking like the guy they thought he was going to be. Um, here we are. Uh, but I think that uh, he's starting to turn into a legitimate starting quarterback. That's something to think of. I think if you look at matchups, he might be a good pickup for fantasy. The running back situation is still completely split, okay? McKinnon got more carries than Asiata. Asiata got the rushing touchdown in the red zone. Um, you know, and again, in the passing game, you know, without Stefan Diggs in the game, Adam Thielen got pretty much most of the targets. Then you also saw Cordero Patterson was in the mix. I mean, I haven't heard his name in a long time. Dude, he had a touchdown. You want to talk about not hearing his name in a long time? And I'm still not buying into it. Like, I don't see that consistently happening. But again, it's this feeling of, uh, you know, this great offense, but I can't pinpoint any one person. I mean, Kyle Rudolph has been money in the bank the last three weeks, and he had. Two catches for 15 yards and on four targets. This is definitely one of those teams and one of those team situations where they're going to go with whatever works. Yeah. McKinnon as a starting back and Aziata as a red zone threat, mm-hmm. which absolutely is just a giant middle finger to everyone's fantasy hopes. They yeah. don't care. No. As long as we can kind of keep this this magic going, and I think part of that that um same just confusion is what keeps them going like you never know who's going to step up week to week and be that guy so i i mean good luck trying to from your fantasy option i would still say a hogan is a good option for um fantasy tight ends because he has such a good uh relationship with sam bradford and he's kind of kept the offense going as far Mm -hmm. as putting points on the board like like even if like i'm not too swayed by a game like this by kyle rudolph he's he's just been so good I think I think he's going to be probably the the most consistent part. But aside from Stephen Diggs, and even then, Stephen Diggs hasn't really been 
monster. He had the one big game, the one Monday night football game against the Packers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was absolutely on fire. He was electric. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's been kind of back down to earth. I think he's only had about 50 yards receiving per game after. Yeah, he's kind and of been on the same tier as like Quincy Anunwa, just steady. But, you know, aside from those first two games, has not popped off since then. So, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's a really tough one to kind of put your finger on in yeah. terms of uh, who's that man. Besides Bradford. Bradford's probably your most stable pickup, and even then, he's that guy who's going to be a game manager. He's not going to throw three or four touchdowns a game. No, he's not. Know, he he is not pulling. He's not pulling a Philip Rivers. He's not throwing four touchdowns and 387 yards. That's that's not the game plan. That's not who he is. But love it or hate it, might not work for fantasy. But this Vikings team is five and zero, and right now they're looking pretty tasty as a Super Bowl favorite. I just whoa. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's it's going to be fun to watch. Just. How did you're good? Someone's going to beat them eventually, and it's going to be the question of how do you take a team like this apart? They played this tough football. Yeah, and uh, Minnesota Vikings defense still, I think, one of the best fantasy defenses out there. I think there's some they're a defense worth hanging on to, even if they're they're going into a bye week. And uh, Katie, Katie reached out to me and said, should I drop the defense or should I pick no up a second? Way. I said, no, hang on to the Minnesota D. Go drop somebody else. Get a second defense because this Minnesota defense is too tasty to let go of. It'll absolutely pay off. Maybe not next week after the bye, but one week there's going to be where they just absolutely maul someone. You want that defense consistently all year, even if you have to sit them one week. Now, yeah, please hang on from Shaka, the Texans. Okay. We, okay. The okay. Texans look awful. Brock Osweiler looks awful. Okay. This is, this is now several games in a row where he has really failed to step up and I mean, I'm starting to scratch my head like, like, is this this is the guy they gave all the money to? Because he better start shaping up fast, or else we're talking about figuring out a way to get out of this deal after this season. Because right now, it, it I know they're three and two. They've still won. They're still above 500. They're still in an atrocious division that is so bad they can still win it. But I'm really, I'm starting to worry a little bit. How do you? What do you think about Brock Os- Brock Osweiler and also this passing game? You know, DeAndre Hopkins. Got in the mix. He got a touchdown. It was a garbage touchdown, but it was still a touchdown. But, I mean, honestly, as a DeAndre Hopkins owner, I'm starting to get a little scared. What do you think of Brock Osweiler and Hopkins right now? Well, disappointing is kind of the biggest word to come to mind, really, with Osweiler. He's got seven picks ready this year. Oh. Um, Really just stagnating the offense when you've got such talent. Will Fuller did nothing. 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 Huge, huge week last week. He just... Almost non-existent this week. Hawkins had a touchdown, but it felt more that was. It was pretty much after all the damage was done, and the the story had already been written about this game. Lamar Miller hasn't been super disappointing, but I think it's kind of gone the way with the offense this yeah. year. Yeah. You know, it's all sort of going back to Brock. Like, they got down early. They abandoned the running game. They started throwing it. Osweiler threw the ball 42 times. He only connected on 18 of his passes. Like, this is not good. This is this is causing some serious worry if I'm a Houston Texans fan. They've got to figure this out fast because... I don't think it's, I don't think it's totally over yet. They really need to rally. Yeah. I think maybe they might have to kind of rework the the play calling a little bit in terms of the passing game, mm-hmm. uh, but something's just not, it's not clicking right now. Yeah, and you know, I think in some ways, Will Fuller been bu- has been bailing them out, and this game against the Vikings, they couldn't, they, they couldn't sneak their way out of this one. You just can't do that against a team with a defense that's just as hard-nosed and aggressive and tough as mm. the Vikings be. It's not going to work. 
Now, uh, the last thing I'll mention before I get away from this game is C.J. Fedorowicz, tight end for the Texans. He's actually, you know, it's funny. When we talk about struggling quarterbacks, they tend to rely on their tight end. So even though they struggle, they tend to figure out a way to get a lot of uh, passes to their tight ends. Like early on, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, he's been throwing to Jason Witten a lot. Um, C.J. Yes. Fedorowicz, what do you think? you think he's worth looking at from a fantasy perspective? you think he's... You think he's kind of getting up there in the tight ends, or am I just making something out of nothing? I think it, the, just based on the situation with the Texans in general right now, they're so volatile. I mean, you can take the Fedorowicz's game as a positive, and maybe the offense moving forward can kind of find a way to work him more into the sets and to kind of even out the passing game and kind of level things off. But right now, they really need to kind of focus on getting the A and B, getting your uh, Hopkins and getting your Fuller involved really because if they're not going then you got no Lamar Miller and then you can't really have uh, a guy like CJ to get into this offense so it's, it, I, I want to say this one is a little bit more I kind of want to say it's kind of a fluke okay because I, I would admit I would assume the Vikings number one priorities are locking down a floor who's an x-factor mm-hmm. and locking down a Hopkins okay you know, who can absolutely torture you if you give him a chance to run around you know, um, un- unguarded. So I, I want to give him a little more credit, but there's just too many uncertainties right now with this Texans offense. It's really a huge question mark as their identity period. Okay. All right. You want to get away from this game? Yeah, I think I'm done with this one. Next up, Atlanta Falcons beating the Denver Broncos in Denver, giving Denver their first loss of the season. We got a complete showcase of Paxton Lynch and all of his turnover glory. Um, Shaka, give me your first take on this game. Where to start? The Falcons. Well, I mean, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is the real deal this year. I don't know what happened in the offseason. Maybe he watched, like, the Rockies set all Something, the way through man. to kind of get the, the perseverance. But the, the BC kid, uh, Boston College quarterback, is back. Like Dude, he's, it's on like Donkey he's Kong, on baby. Level. It's on another level. Also, the other thing, amazingly, I was going to say that our backup running back, Tevin Campbell, the Atlanta Falcons, was not going to play because I only read this during the week last week that he had sickle cell anemia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, playing in a place like Mile High Stadium is really, really bad for his internal organs. I yep. think um, the safety Ryan Clark yep. actually had to be hospitalized and he, like, lost an organ mm-hmm. after playing a football game up there for the same exact condition. Mm-hmm. But Tevin Campbell played, or Tevin Coleman played, and not only did he play, he absolutely lit up. Monster. Holy crap. Monster. He was just unstoppable. And again, the frustrating thing about having a Devonta Freeman and a Tevin Coleman in your offense and not knowing who's going to be the man, you know, at any given week for fantasy owners. Now, a couple of comments I want to make. Number one, this Falcons team, listen, there's a lot of discussion about them right now because I feel as though they've been pretenders before. They were pretenders last year when they started out 6-0 and and then completely just the whole season fell out from under them. But this year, you know, I'm feeling like this is real. And the other yeah, thing... something different. Something is working, something different. They're getting things going. Um, it's another comment I want to make is about uh, Tevin Coleman and his sickle cell. So when I was flying home, when I wasn't able to watch games, I listened to a podcast, uh, NFL Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. They had an interview with Ryan Clark, because Ryan Clark works for ESPN now. And they said, yes. they said, tell us about the sickle cell. Tell us what you went through. Tell us how it felt. Give us the whole description. He went through the entire situation. He ended up, I think, having a piece of his spleen removed and his gallbladder removed. 
Um, But what he did articulate is that not everyone is affected in the same way. So he says some people can have the reaction that he had, some people won't. So there was a belief that Tevin Coleman could play, but there's also kind of this feeling of like, listen, it's your call, we don't know until it actually happens. So, you know, Tevin Coleman did get out there and did explode, um, but the question I'm having now is that, listen, Tevin Coleman, most of his work was done in the passing game. He actually had over 100 yards receiving, um, and Devontae Freeman was clearly the running back. He got 23 – I'm looking at the numbers right now. Devontae Freeman got 23 carries. Tevin Coleman had six. Um, but what's coming out to me is that Tevin Coleman has been so consistent. And, and so, you know, he's had a few clunkers. But between he and Freeman, I almost feel like telling fantasy owners, you can play either one of them. I mean, do you – Honestly, at this point, I have a Tevin, I have Tevin Coleman, and, and I look at it every time I bench him, for whatever reason, obviously I mentioned this past week because yep. I thought he was not going to play. Yep, and he's playing and the Broncos in Denver. Why would you have trusted that matchup? Exactly, exactly. And now I look and I go, I should just play him every week because you know what? The the risk versus the reward, reward clearly wins out every week with this guy. He just puts up numbers and he's absolutely just, he's a freaking nature. I think at this point also, it's very interesting to note is that after, you know, you've got your, your superstar, Julio Jones, in terms of when... I think what's interesting here to, to note is that in terms of Julio Jones, after him, you don't really have a set number receiver yeah. on the team. So I, unless you go and you look and you say, you know what, Tevin Coleman is that guy, and you watch some of the sets that they ran him out of, mm-hmm. he just beat guys on out routes and, you know, basically a wide receiver set. He's just playing wide receiver out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So he is their, their number two yeah, wide receiver. I think the closest thing you can say is Mohamed Sanu. And, you know, aside from week one, Mohamed Sanu has been pretty quiet, and he had a turnover in this game. He had a fumble. Yeah, he did. I think I, I, I want to say he's injured because he's a really good guy uh, mm-hmm. in terms of – you know, as a wide receiver, but he's just, for some reason, he's just not finding that, that niche on this team. So if you're going to look at a number two wide receiver, you can actually see Tevin Coleman. Okay. You know, and you can play him as a flex. It's a great option. Um, uh, Julio Jones did get quiet this game. He only had two catches for 29 yards. Uh, I mean, I guess the, you just you just got to take that when you get a guy like Julio Jones. Every once in a while, he's going to get quiet, and you know you got to take games like that. Um, let's talk about the Broncos here. Uh, Broncos. So they came out with Paxton Lynch. He definitely looked a little green. Um, they had some difficulty on offense, and I'm starting to suspect like maybe maybe they want Trevor Simeon back ASAP because they were struggling against this Falcons team, and I'm not really sure if it's the Broncos' offense or the Falcons' defense because the Falcons' defense looked amazing. And this is a defense that a couple of weeks ago we were saying was the worst defense in the league. Um, do, do you think that this Falcons' defense is legit? Like, like are you are you thinking about picking up them on the waiver wire? You know what I mean? Are they a good streaming D? Well, I, I want to be a little more uh, hesitant to say that. I think it's a little more of a... Axel Lynch kind of have a little bit of a confidence issue. Obviously, you know, with quarterback going up against a Matt Ryan mm-hmm. and probably feeling like he needs to, he, to to measure up, to just level up with a guy like this. So he had a couple forced throws out there, 
And I think also we'll give the Falcons defense a little bit of credit. They were flying to the football. He definitely put some pressure on him. So it was a combination of things because he had a couple um, opportunities to really kind of get his team down the field, and he choked a little bit. Yeah. So I, I want to say this is a little bit more of a Paxton Lynch situation. Just really not ready yet to be the starting quarterback out there. Okay. All right. Um, the positive was that even with Paxton Lynch, uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders both got into the mix. Um, I, I would like to think that they can keep that going. Uh, do you think that they're, they, do you still feel good about Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, CJ Anderson, like, like all of them, do you think you can still roll them out with confidence? I still have a Demarius Thomas on uh, my starting fantasy team. And then, you know what? I had zero hesitation starting him last week. And I don't think I'm going to have hesitation starting him next week. He's such a big, physical, tough guy. And even that touchdown that he scored was just, I mean, it was gutsy. Because you put the football out there the way he did. He just put it over the defender's head mm-hmm. to cross the plane. I mean, the guy has so much heart. I'd absolutely play him every week. Emmanuel Sanders is a little bit more of a question mark. Mm-hmm. He's really come on strong this year. But I think uh, in terms of quarterback play, we just have to see how they factor him into every every down. But um, definitely going to say yes to Thomas. And Sanders, I'm probably going to lean yes just because they have so many um, needs on offense. And mm-hmm. he fills just a big role for them. Okay. All right. Um, anything else we should take away from this game? I mean, do you still Broncos defense? You still feel good about? Absolutely. I even even when they were having some trouble keeping uh, Ryan, you know, contained, they they put a lot of pressure on him in that in that backfield. So, absolutely, Broncos defense is forever legit. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to the. Dallas Cowboys defeating the Cincinnati Bengals. You called it, and I called the Bengals. You were right. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of first takes here. Ezekiel Elliott, legit. Legit. Dude, three straight games with over 130 rushing yards. All of a sudden, week one and two, where he looked pretty pedestrian. We got to eat our words, man. Football, dude, things change so quickly because, damn it, does he look good right now. Oh, man, I wish I had drafted him that high. Um, and Dak Prescott, man, now we're getting into this world of the, of the Tony Romo, Dak Prescott quarterback controversy. Cause the Cowboys are four and one and all of a sudden look like the toast of the NFC East. What were your takeaways on this game, Shaka? Well, I, I feel like I said it last week, but I can't remember. I just really like watching Ezekiel Elliott run. Yeah. He just looks so natural. He just, he's almost like that kid in TV football who has been dying to play running back cause he's been watching it. You know, uh, he's watched every game that Sunday before, and he's ready for his chance. Mm-hmm. And you finally let him out there, and he's just this little tiny stallion. The kid looks great. And I remember watching this one big, uh, it was like a 60 or 65-yard touchdown oh, run. Oh, yeah. Straight line. Straight line. And, and I think they had the safeties up, and he just torched them. Accelerated. Just ran by them. Like, you saw him yeah. speed up and just go past them. Like, they couldn't even, it was just like, it was like a video game. It was a little bizarre to look at, even from the, when they changed the angles, just that it almost looked like the defender just gave up before he had even made, like, you know, the point of contact. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, it was crazy. The, the, look at this. Listen to this stat. 15 carries, 134 rushing yards, 8.9 yards a carry, and two rushing touchdowns. What? It's a joke. It's a, it's a, you're right. It was a video game number. It's practically a joke at that point. 
And I'm sitting here, dude. I, I think, you know, a number of... Okay, before I get away from the, the Cowboys, just because this is amazing, Dak Prescott is looking composed. He's the guy who is now the rookie quarterback with the record for the most passes without uh, throwing an interception because Wentz threw oh, one. Right. And, uh, right. you know, he's looking better every single week. They still... You know, they still have difficulty in the red zone. That's still something that I think they struggle with, but that's about the only thing they struggle with. And their defense looks good. I thought this defense was going to be, you know, bullshit. But now, Rod Marinelli, he's making something out of nothing. And Demarcus Lawrence came back from a suspension. He really, he was destroying the, uh, whoever the hell the, the right tackle for the, the Cincinnati was. I mean, everything was going right for the Cowboys. I, I landed from that flight and it was 28-0. Jesus. Yeah, that you know, um, it's really funny uh, to hear all these uh, analysts that are out already like, is it time for Tony Romo to step in? You know, is he going to be able to step in and get this job back? Prescott. Prescott, I think the one thing to his credit is that the Cowboys realize we don't have to force Prescott to be the man to make all the big plays. Yeah. They're spreading the ball out. Thank goodness, you're right, they have a Witten to kind of, you know, to temper him, to kind of keep him level-headed, and hey, you know, you got a check-down guy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make the big D pass. Mm-hmm. And I think, really, their red zone issues will kind of free up a little bit when they get a Des Bryant, like, fully healthy, yeah. back on the field and being that menacing, you know, target threat in the red zone. Right now, they're not really that imposing in that regard, which is why Elliot, you know, you have to be so grateful that the kid is just, he's just slashing everyone for huge yardage. Yeah. 8.9 yards per carry is crazy. It's a crazy number when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I feel very much like in the preseason, I was predicting very highly for the Cowboys. Before Romo got hurt, I said, listen, this Cowboys team was 4-12 and last year, but it was without Romo. Two years ago, they were, a, I think, a 12- or 13-win team. I thought they were going to rebound and be that same dangerous team this time around, but, you know, Romo got hurt, and I was like, maybe they won't. But now, Prescott's looking as good as he is. Elliott's looking as good as he is. I mean, this team is dangerous because the the Giants are coming back down to earth. They've lost three straight. The Redskins are trying to march back into what they did last year. They've won three straight. Um, you know, the Eagles are still in the mix. This NFC East is not as much a schlocky division as it used to be. And this Cowboys team, I think, is, you know, kind of the front runner. And it's going to be interesting when Romo's healthy again because if Prescott is, if he takes him to like seven and one or, or six and two or something like that, you got to really think about it before you decide to pull him and put Romo in. I, you really, really have to give it some consideration because there's no way you can just kind of pull the chip out after he's basically earned. He's earned a starter job if yeah. you go seven and one. There's no fucking way I would do it. No. I wouldn't. It'd be madness. Oh, guys, um, uh, let's uh, let's go to the Bengals because this. Oh God. You know, half of this discussion is how amazing the Cowboys are, but God damn, this Bengals team, they look bad. This defense looked bad. I mean, I've got nothing else to say. They abandoned the run game early because they got down early. I'm just, I really thought the Bengals were going to kind of rise to the top like they did last year. I thought they and the Steelers were going to be the ones fighting for the, the title in that division, but I don't feel that way about the Bengals anymore at all. I'm really skeptical about them. I mean, you know, you double up on A.J. Green, you know, Brandon LaFell is, you know, he got some garbage time touchdowns in the yeah. fourth quarter, but... I, it was already over at that point. It was totally over at that point. Like, I'm really... Like, I got the Bengals' defense on a couple of teams. I mean, do, do you think the Bengals are bad? Is this like the Panthers all over again? Well, it's a strange kind of situation. 
situation because I think we talked about this not last week, but maybe a couple weeks ago, where one, they're a team with uh, two, a two running back situation, mm-hmm. and really neither guy has really stepped forward and had just kind of a dominant on the starting running back. And I said, you know, it's only a matter of time before that kind of glaring flaw yeah. is going to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. Sure enough, they don't really have a guy like that who's imposing and kind of give you know, one, your defense a resting spell. Like, you can't, you don't have a running back who can kind of carry a rock five, six, seven carries in a set mm-hmm. and give your defense a chance to rest. So like, hey, guys, we got to get back out in the field and get our asses handed to us by an Ezekiel Elliott. Those guys get gassed. And before long, you know, you're giving up big chunks of yardage. And they just, they just did not look engaged. No. Especially in that one play where uh, Elliott just ran right by them for yeah. 60, 65 yards. They probably were... You know, their eyes are rolling back in their heads at that point. Dude. Uh, kind of the knockout punch. You know they're going to get chewed up in the film room by the coaching staff. That was embarrassing. It's really weird. Um, Andy Dalton obviously is not a bad quarterback. He's a great game manager. He has been since he started. Yeah. But I think that the holes, the cracks, again, are starting to show when you've got just one guy in A.J. Green and you don't have a Marvin Jones anymore Yeah. to kind of uh, – to offer some assistance. And and I you know, think a lot of their reliance has been on a stout defense, and, oh, God, it's just... That's a team that really makes me scratch my head. I just don't know what is going on there in Cincinnati. The tires need a little bit of kicking. Uh, they're getting a little wobbly, but... Dude, it's bad. This is kind of... They're going to need a gut check after this, so we'll see how they um, rebound. Um, anything else we want to take away from this game before we move on? Um, Cole Beasley. Yeah, had a touchdown. The guys looked good. He's, he looked good, but I don't. I didn't see this lasting just because um, Brian's going to be back healthy before you know it. So, so those targets are going to they're going to melt away. He's been a good kind of stopgap in the meantime for Brian, but it's only a matter of time before that's gone. Okay, so at least th- keep keep an eye on Cole Beasley as long as Des Bryant's out. But once he gets back, you might want to really temper your expectations. Uh, let's go to the Redskins Ravens. Do you uh, do you have any first takes on this game? This is one of those games. It's kind of a this is a game of blah. Yeah, a lot of uh, blah Flacco, in this game. Joe Flacco has kind of been um, one of my fantasy teams. It's kind of my quarterback option, just because there's really not much else out there in terms of a just a free agent pickup guy to have. Mm-hmm. But I really was hoping that he'd kind of be filling it up a little bit more. He's got such a great arm, and he has potential. His guys on that team that had the potential to really light it up, but they just haven't been doing it. Yeah. I, uh, a couple other things I want to take away. is So we, we learned recently the Ravens just fired their offensive coordinator, Mark Tressman, former coach of the Chicago Bears, big offensive mind, all about throwing the deep ball. Um, and there was a good discussion about how Mark Tressman is a guy who throws the deep ball, who likes to go to the aerial attack. And the Ravens have kind of been known for being a bit of a ground-and-pound team, a guy, a team that relies a lot on their running backs to hit you hard. And you couple that with the fact that Terrence West has pretty much arrived. He looks yeah, good. He, he was running great. Like, as a matter of fact, he had a great game, but they kind of decided to throw the ball more, which explains a little bit of why they fired the offensive coordinator because that seems to be some confusion on the offensive side of the ball because they've clearly got talent. Flacco can throw the ball, but I don't really know if that's his strong. I think he likes a little bit more of, you know, getting handing the ball off. Like, we don't want to have Flacco be Ben Roethlisberger. That's not what he's trying to do. 
Um, so like, you know, why they went away from the run game when Terrence West was looking so good, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think part of it, it wasn't part because of Flacco. There was a, I remember there was an interview where he was actually frustrated with the lack of deep balls or in terms of just them not really getting any deep passes yeah. involved. So I think that maybe that was kind of an, a, an attempt to appease him a little bit and to mm. kind of see if that's really what they were kind of missing. They still have a hitch in their step in terms of really putting some points on the board because they have guys to do it, but it just isn't happening. So I think part of that, that whole why did they go this way was in part because Flacco wanted to kind of shake things up. That's interesting. I, uh, I, they do look a little like now. I'm starting to sit here. They lost two straight games. They're three and two. I feel like they're coming back down to earth. They had that yeah. atrocious play where um, I think it was C.J. Mosley picked off Kirk Cousins and then he fumbled the ball right into the end zone as oh he was my turning. Gosh, yes. He fumbled yes. it half a yard from the from the end zone. Oh my god! There was an argument about. Um, I, there was another article I was reading where someone was saying that this is one of the dumbest rules in the NFL because it's basically and now you got a touchback. And it just, it just totally just slips the, uh, you know, the momentum of the game on its head when something like that happens. You pick off a quarterback, and then you fumble it back into the end zone. It's just, it, I think they actually got more yardage. I think the Redskins got more yardage out of that play um, than anything. They I'm, actually ended up being back on the 25 instead of like the 17-yard line or something like that. I, I completely crazy. agree. It was, it was just, I mean, that is a crazy rule. Because, listen, if the ball goes out of bounds, they get the ball where it is. But it goes in the end zone, it's a turnover. Yeah, it's it's crazy, very strange. Just I, but, but everything that could have gone right for the Redskins did. They they the Redskins, you know, who to thunk, man? They dropped two clunkers and now they're winning three straight. And <laughs> all of a sudden they're three and two. They don't look as bad. I still think they have all of the same problems, but I think they've just had some decent matchups. I mean, I thought the Ravens were going to pull this one out, but Redskins work their magic. Uh, I mean, is there anything to take away from this Redskins team? It's the same thing all over again. Matt Jones is kind of doing well. Kirk Cousins is reliable. Pierre Garçon got a touchdown, but Deshaun Jackson didn't really do much. Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed is, is I think, the big, you know, the guy you can always rely on. Yeah, Jordan Reed to me, again, I, I said this, I think, week one or week two. Jordan Reed should be this the guy every down. He should be the first option. Just you're always looking his way, and then if he's not, everybody else is pretty much open. All right. Um, this game is so schlocky. Is there anything else to talk about, or can we move on? Um, really curious to see how the Ravens bounce back next week. I think they're playing the Giants. Yeah, I think you're right as well. I, I got to look at the, the slate, but I believe you're right. I'm curious to see how they're going to they, – because they need to bounce back. If they don't bounce back, this is going to get out of hand quickly. Quickly. Um, oh, the I think the last thing I'll mention is Steve Smith came back down to earth. Mike Wallace got you know he got some work. Everybody kind I think of Steve Smith was actually injured. He left the game with an ankle injury in this one, which kind of oh god put Did a he? hole in, in, in that passing game offense. Yeah, I don't know what his um, status is right now. Ooh, god, I did not know that. Thank you, Shaka. I, uh, I'd like to say I fact check here, but I don't fact check all the time. I do the little I am Rappaport version here. Michael Rappaport's like we I'm never fact check. My quick little uh, roster check to kind of see who was on the free agent wire, and I think one of my leagues he was, but he was also hurt, so I okay. kind of stepped back a little bit. All right, that's good to know because that puts Mike Wallace right back in the pecking order with Dennis Pitta as a tasty receiver in Joe Flacco's arsenal. Um, all right, let's get away from this game. Let's jump to uh, Bears-Colts. Colts pull out a win 29-23 in the battle of two shitty teams. Um, it was a good game. It was a, it was a strangely good game. Yeah. Just to watch T.Y. Hilton absolutely 
Dude. Do have his way. Have his way with that Bears defense. Woohoo! T.Y. Hilton, he had a field day, man. They couldn't do anything with him. I think he's really unsung. I even, I admit, I don't really give him, I, probably because I don't watch that many Colts games in the mm-hmm. first place, just to see how good of a receiver, how many good routes he runs, one, and two, just how naturally good he is at getting himself open. And, and I think sometimes he gets caught, like, he'll have a few quiet games. He has a few games where he gets two catches, and, you know, he gets quiet, and we kind of, we don't remember him as much. But then he has a game like this where we, we're like, oh, yeah, this guy is seriously talented and just Yeah, how is that all the time? I mean, he had 11 targets and 10 catches. I think he had 170, was it 170 yards? 171 yards and a touchdown. Monster. Beautiful. It's beautiful. And uh, Andrew Luck, you know, Andrew Luck did his thing, got it to Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen showed up with his touchdown, looking good. Um, yes. Frank Gore, you know, wasn't remarkable, but he put up his numbers. He had 14 carries for 75 yards. Like, everything got in the mix. I mean, they kicked a lot of field goals. Honestly, from a fantasy standpoint, Adam Vinatieri killed me in one of my games. He had 23 Vinatieri fantasy points. Money. He, I think he, um, he has, like, some crazy record, like 47 or 48 field goals straight in a row. Dude, monster. Without a miss. Yeah, and and quick little tidbit about Adam Vinatieri. Um, most place kickers also do kickoffs. He doesn't do kickoffs, which probably keeps him if Mr. Fresh like. He only does the the field goal kicks. It's you know, which is very strange. You're right. I don't. I don't. I think I knew that once upon a time, or I, I forgot it. But you're right. I mean, listen. I guess when you got four Super Bowl rings, you can you can make decisions like that. I know you write it into your contract. <laughs> you write it. You got. I don't do kickoffs. <laughs> Now, the Bears, okay, Brian Hoyer, even though he's Looking losing, good. this is the it's third sometimes. straight game of 300-plus passing yards, and he had 397 and two touchdowns. It's crazy, I mean, to me, that... Like, I think he... I don't know if we're ever going to see Jay Cutler again. Like, this is something... It, it, that's the crazy part, is Cutler, Cutler might have lost... If Hoyer has one more game like this, there's no way I can look at the Bears coaching staff series and be like, all right, we should probably bring Cutler back. Yeah. No. You ride the hot hand with this one, especially with a team like that. And Howard, I think him and Howard are having. Oh my God! I wish I had. I wish I. I wish I had a decent waiver claim priority thing to get Jordan Howard because God damn it, I need him on a couple of my teams. That rookie looks legitimate. He he's not playing any damn games out there with that starting job. No, no. And I'm sitting here when Jeremy Langford comes back. I don't know if he's getting the job back. Yeah, this is crazy how these two guys have just been suddenly just with like you know a snap of the fingers unseated. Yeah, and and still, still the Bears are losing. Even with all this, the Bears are losing. This is fantasy for you. This is a losing shitty team, but these are some of the best offensive pickups in fantasy I can find. Jordan Howard and Brian Hoyer are hot right now. And I still want to say um, to give a good look at the tight end because Zach Miller, man, had a Zach good day. Miller, he's got he's got a really good rapport. With Hoyer, so um, it's uh, sorry. Going back, I'm thinking now that you mentioned. It, I think there was a almost a fight on the Bears um bench between the defensive players. They got beat. Well, Hilton literally had them fighting each other. I think he got open on a, a, a coverage play, and they you could see like Danny Trevathan was breaking up a fight on the sidelines where guys are pointing fingers at each other for assignment coverage. So mm. I mean, the defense really is just not the same. No, and and that's something to be mindful of with any fantasy matchups is if they're playing the Bears, I mean, they've been letting up a lot of points. Both of these teams were letting up a lot of points, and there was a lot of points scored. Um, it's, 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 it's a strange 
strange time to be a Bears fan, I'm sure. Just a lot of uncertainty. Dude, the last thing I'll mention about the Bears before I get away from this game is Cameron Meredith had nine catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. We're starting to sit here now saying, who the hell is this guy? I didn't even know he was on the team. Neither did I. He also had a fumble. He had a big fumble, I think, towards the end. Uh, uh, yeah. Coughed it up to kind of seal the game. That's, a, that's affirmative right there. So all that positive ends a little negative to go along with it. The kid, I mean, he looks he looks good though. He's he's one to keep an eye on um, to to kind of temper things with Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. Do do you think Cameron Meredith is worth a stash like over Eddie Royal? Eddie Royal was he was okay. He had seven catches for forty three yards, but uh, I mean, that's pretty much the story of Eddie Royal's life as an NFL player. He's, <laughs> he's okay. He's, just, he's I think okay. When he was with the Broncos, the same kind of deal. This year, we waiting for him to have a bust that game, and it just never came. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds I accurate. Think, I'd say we keep an eye on Meredith. I wouldn't say he's a stash quite yet. I need to see him put a breakout game like this. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, let's move on. Let's go to uh, this game, actually. Uh, the Titans defeating the Dolphins. Um, last week when I picked the Dolphins on this on our show, immediately I was like, what the hell was I thinking? This Dolphins team is terrible. <laughs> um, the Titans... It's supposed I, to be better than this, but... Yeah, yeah, they should be, but I think it's become clear that the Titans are better than their record. They have been in all of the games that they've lost, and, you know, Marcus Mariota showed up. He had three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. He had four touchdowns in this game. DeMarco Murray is an animal. I still don't really know, you know, Mar- who Mariota's throwing to. We've talked about this. Delaney Walker is still one of the best wide receivers they have. Andre yeah. Johnson is still getting into the mix. He had a touchdown. Um, but I'm sitting here now, like, I think the Titans are better than we're giving them credit for. Um, I, I still don't know which wide receiver to take, though. I still don't feel as though there's a wide receiver that I can trust with the, the Titans. Do you feel the same way? I'm just going to stick with my original assessment. It's just too much. This one is just a radioactive in terms of their wide receiver position. They, uh, it, it, it's crazy. I, I, I honestly, one thing I was thinking about is who the hell were three touchdowns to? So, I mean, obviously Delaney Walker is one, but who are the other guys on this team? I, uh, well, sorry, Andre Johnson. Rashard Matthews, Rashard the Matthews. former Dolphin. Oh my God, Rashard Matthews is on the team. Yeah, he's on the Titans. They gave him money, like a real free agent contract signing money. And he's kind of choked. He's kind of choking a little bit. Not gonna lie, he hasn't really been. He hasn't really been available. No, he hasn't. Um, well, one thing that offensive line for the Titans kind of held together today. Yeah. And when it didn't, Mariota, God, I forget how fast he is on actually when he's running. He's actually. Kind of a bullet. Yeah. He had 60 yards rushing, I think. 60 or 70 yards rushing. Yep, yep. On the ground. And he can scramble, game. man. He definitely can make plays with his legs. So it's it's weird. Um, When he actually has a seat planned on him and he can throw, he, he's a good option. But when that offensive line just just like cracking like, you know, a sinking ship, it's, it's hard to kind of get behind him. It's a tale of, you know, just two different Mariotas. It's weird. I still can't really get behind any choices in terms of wide receiver. I need them to kind of play a little bit more consistently. Mm-hmm. And and I'm feeling very much like the only fantasy guys I want on this Titans team is DeMarco Murray and Delaney Walker. And, Hands down. And, and you know, may, maybe Mariota, depending on the matchup. Which is true. I mean, if you're in a bye week and you're a really, really desperate at the quarterback position, you just look to see. Yeah, and, and, and let's, say, let's say the Titans are playing the Colts. 
yes, with a court, they, you know they're going to fill it up. So I definitely, definitely look at Mariota as a good option because it's a quarterback battle at that point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the Dolphins, um, this whole team sucks. This whole team sucks. <laughs> I Tannehill, well, I am not impressed at all. The running back Tannehill situation, regressed. he's regressed, man. And and he's got if they don't like figure out how to get rid of him or cut him or something, he's guaranteed fourteen million next season. Oh my god, it's just bad contracts left and right. Ugh. It really the defense isn't great. The offense is awful. Yeah, they have good wide receivers, but I don't know what it is. I should probably say it's the same problem they have with the offensive line because they cannot run the football. Yeah, shit. No, they cannot run it for anything. No, and and I'm sitting here now. Jarvis Landry had a pretty forgettable day. Like like, are you worried about any of these wide receivers? Like, do you keep Jarvis Landry? Do you roll him out there next year, uh, next week, as a fantasy owner? Jarvis Landry was supposed to be the man there, but he just. I, again, it goes back to Tannehill not having his, his shit together, for lack of better words. So at any given moment, it's also, you know, just lack of inconsistent wide receiver play all around. I think Devontae Parker had a couple big catches, but he also had a fumble. Uh, he literally, he caught the ball and gave it right to the defender. So it's just everything just looks bleak for the Dolphins team. I'm sure they just wish they could blow it up and start over. No, I, I completely agree. I don't... There's nothing. There's nobody. There's nobody here I want. Like the closest fantasy player on this team that I would want is Jarvis Landry, and and I don't even know how confident I feel about him. He's had some good games, but I'm still, uh, I, I dude, radioactive man, radioactive. Absolutely. Uh, anything else to talk about in this game? You want to move on? Um, Derrick Henry, if you got him, I'd say cut him at this point. Yeah, Marco Murray's got that job locked up. Yeah, unless. Unless DeMarco Murray gets hurt, knock on wood. Knock on wood, yeah, right? Like, unless that happens, dude, Derrick Henry, I mean, listen, he's a good stash if you're in a 16-team league or something like that, but I think you can... If, yeah, if you're a little more tight-fisted. Yeah, you can you can roll without him. It's just, it's it's the DeMarco Murray show right now, and that's, there's no reason that's going to change. Um, let's jump to Thursday night. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals getting a much-needed win against the San Francisco 49ers in a pretty schlocky game. Uh, I watched this. Drew Stanton was quarterbacking, and it was really forgettable early on. Um, I didn't get to see this one. uh, You didn't miss much. I think I looked at the the stat line. We talked about this a little bit before. I mean, really, only one of the few bright spots is a Jeremy Curley on the 49ers. Yeah. He's he definitely is the only guy who's getting any work there. Um, he definitely got a lot of looks, a lot of touches. Um, he had a good day. Um, it's come out now that uh, it's official. Chip Kelly's going to start Colin Kaepernick next week against the Bills. Yes. Uh, yes. The the ineptitude of Blaine Gabbert or the Blaine Gabbert you know experiment, whatever you want to call it, is over now that Chip Kelly is one and four and starting to get realize his seat is hot. Um, I don't really know if that I don't I don't know if I feel like they're going to take a step forward with Kaepernick. Like, you know, Kaepernick looked bad last year when, you know, before he got hurt and before he got benched. Like, it was Jim Tom Sula who gave the job to Blaine Gabbert last year. And, uh, you know, I don't really see them taking an uptake with an uptick with Kaepernick coming in as the quarterback. Uh, it's very strange. Uh, Kaepernick played himself out of the position last year, and it's just kind of just a change of hand where now Blaine Gabbert has played himself out of the starting job. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what they've seen in practice, but they said at this point, you know, we should give Kaepernick a try. I've also, I've 
kind of read a little bit. I need to do a little more background check on this research-wise. Is that they've restructured Colin Kaepernick's deal within this last week. So um, he's actually going to be getting less money. They've gotten rid of some of his uh, guaranteed incentives. Really? It's probably, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It looks like more like this is kind of an audition, quote-unquote, Okay. Is what they're saying. If I can find the article, I'll send it to you after. Okay. But it looks more like they're... They're giving him a chance to kind of audition for his next NFL team if things don't work out. So I think his deal's probably going to be more of like this year and next year. Okay. With the 49ers. That's a really interesting kind of uh, analysis of everything. I mean, this is, again, football, things change so quickly because this is a guy who was given a monster contract a few years ago. This was a guy they were trying to trade in the offseason to the Denver Broncos, and they couldn't trade him because of his no-trade clause. And now they're sitting here restructuring his deal, saying, all right, you're the man. Yeah, he's waived a lot of his guarantees, um, and I think they kind of jumped at the chance to free up all that money in cap space. So yeah. they might be making some big moves. No, that's uh, they, well, they're going to need it because they looked awful right now. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals, um, you know, they, listen, they needed this win. I think the Niners are terrible, and it wasn't too bad for them to pull out this win. Drew Stanton, you know, he looked okay. Drew Stanton didn't throw the ball much, and he didn't look that great. But he had two amazing passes to Larry Fitzgerald. He had two good passes all game, and they were brilliant 20-plus-yard touchdown passes to Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald is amazing, and Drew Stanton was lucky as hell, and that was probably about all they needed to kind of get on the board and get ahead early. Yeah, I mean, besides that, obviously the, the only one always consistent bright spot is David Johnson. David Johnson, monster, dude. All you need, really. Monster. I mean, he was amazing. He is just, oh, God, I love him. I, I wanted, He's my number one overall pick right there. If you're not taking Antonio Brown, if you want a running back, David motherfucking Johnson, man. <laughs> it's, I think uh, that's really, I mean, there's not really much going on in this game. I, uh, is Carson Palmer going to be back for next week? I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if it's guaranteed. It's. Uh, I think he's still in the concussion protocol. I'm not holding out hope. Uh, I got Carson Palmer on a team. I'm definitely planning to put in somebody else. Um, I don't know if the Cardinals can continue to win without Palmer because I think they got this win because they're playing a terrible team like the Niners. But if they play a legit team, ugh, I don't have yeah, confidence in Stanton. Good. No. Um, but I definitely, I, I definitely think that Fitzgerald is the wide receiver to have. You know, Michael Floyd had yeah. a big donut. John Brown, John Brown had a monster game last week, but. You know, this week he had one catch uh, when Stanton was under center. But, you know, Fitzgerald is just fountain of youth, man. He is still viable. He's still playing well. I mean, he's still dangerous. That's the guy to have. It's really crazy how the tide, the, the tide has turned in terms of the wide receiver position yeah. for Arizona. Cause Malcolm Floyd looked poised to be yeah. the new number one to kind of knock Fitzgerald off the pedestal. And John Brown was that guy who was, you'd look and just look at the statue and go, oh, wait what? This guy had three catches for how many yards and, you know, a touchdown? So it's, things are really in flux in terms of all. Floyd's almost kind of checked out, so it, it, they kind of need him to get back on track if they really want to be putting up the numbers that they were last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely... I, I, I'm like I said, I don't, I don't like them. I don't like them right now. Fitzgerald and Johnson are the, are the tasty guys on that Cardinals team, and you know, I know that they've got offensive output there. They they can score. It can happen. But there's not enough consistency from the other role players on that offense. It's David Johnson and it's Fitz. Um, you want to get away from this game? 
Yeah, I think we're. I think we've kicked the bones clean on this. The Bills go on the road and defeat the Los Angeles Rams thirty to nineteen. My first hot take is Lashawn McCoy is amazing. Down is up, up is down. I don't know what's going on anymore. And dude, this zero and two Bills team—they were ready to fire Rex Ryan, and now they reel off three wins. They beat the Patriots. They go West Coast. They beat the Rams. And most of this offense is is LaShawn McCoy. Okay, Tyrod Taylor. Pretty much. Tyrod Taylor did not look particularly good passing the ball, but it doesn't matter because Shady is going shady all over them motherfuckers' ass because he's running all over the place. I was going to say, at this point, they fired the offense coordinator, and now they're basically winning games on just pure talent, which we knew they had as a squad. Yeah. They had a lot of good personnel pieces that were talented. There's just no way to kind of get all the pieces uh, to coalesce, to work together. And now an offense coordinator, what the fuck? Sean McCoy, I think, how many carries? Is 15 carries or something, some low number for like 150 yards. 18, 18 carries, 150 yards, 8.3 yards per carry. It's madness. And he makes it look so easy. The guy looks like he's immortal at this point out on the field. You know, when he's healthy, he's, he's practically unstoppable Dude, running the football. If he was only... Still on my Eagles, man. Only. And then Tyrod Taylor's defense. He had a couple, there were a couple times where he should have been sacked. Yes. And he got away. Yes. And he got the ball out. I mean, the guy's still a bit green in terms of, you know, experienced quarterbacks in the league. But, again, raw talent just winning out in this one. And he looked great out there. And a few situations where he got the ball out. Got a couple uh, quick passes and some touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I really think that those two guys are your your fantasy guys on this Bills team. I mean, you said it. They're winning these games with off of talent, and it's true because Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy are pretty much carrying everything on their backs right now. It's crazy. Sammy Watkins is hurt, and, I mean, you wouldn't even know it. They look so good. They look so good. Um, the defense looks not bad either. It, again, it, Dude, Marcel Darius is back. I mean, they, Strange scenario. there was a, another thing that uh, Robert Mays on the, the Ringer NFL show, he mentioned, he said, you know who's leading the league in sacks? It's Lorenzo Alexander of the Buffalo Bills. And it's like, huh? You kidding me. That, that's what I said. I was like, you got to be, you, he had three sacks in this game. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that the Bills, they've really kind of, they brought themselves back into this. They should be laying at the bottom of our division. But lo and behold, they are 3-2. and two. Dude, it's... I, I mean, I hate to say this, but never underestimate Rex Ryan, or I guess? I I, I don't know. I, I, I feel I like never know. underestimate I Shady went, McCoy is really what we should say. Yeah, I want to wince giving Rex Ryan any credit on this because I can just see this big, goofy, shit-eating grin on his face. Yeah, and, and, and now let's talk about what also really – the Rams. Okay, the Rams looked bad, and there was a few interceptions that Case Keenum threw, which were gifts to the Bills, and those – I mean, there was a pick six that really killed the Rams. They yeah, were They were kind crazy. of in this game up until the fourth quarter, and the Bills just pulled them apart. There was one There was one interception he threw. Well, I'll give credit. The uh, I think the, the one Bills defender had two picks in this game. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, – Man, oh, man. Rob- Nickel Roby Coleman. Roby Coleman, that's his name. I mean, just again, Case Keenum, if that's all you got, Brian Quick, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's looked okay. It hasn't been total panic mode, thankfully. They've been able to put up some points the last couple weeks to Mm -hmm. actually keep Todd Gurley in the running game. 
Yeah. He had a touchdown this game. But, man, when you've got to play against those good defenses, yeah. it really just, it really starves you. It really kind of makes you really fight for those uh, fantasy points. Yeah, I'm, I'm still... I mean, Todd Gurley, I, I believe he had a touchdown. He at least saved his day. But he is definitely not meeting expectations of getting drafted in the top three or five of, of fantasy football drafts this year. He's just not. This whole offense is just so inept. I feel like, dude, a shock, I feel like every week it's the same story when we talk about this Rams offense, you know? I mean. It's just a vote of no confidence in terms of the quarterback position just really leaves everything else. This is basically a desert. It's a wasteland in terms of uh, fantasy points. No, I... Week to week. And if Case Keenum has a week where he throws three three touchdowns, you look at it and go, it's an aberration. It's not going to happen next week. No, I completely agree. I um, You want to get away from this game? I don't know if there's anything else to say. I think we're done there. Yeah, let's... The, the less we talk about the Rams, the better. Um, Chargers losing to the Raiders 34-31 again. Again, the San Diego Chargers figure out a way to lose the game. In the <laughs> did you see the end of this game? Yes, I did. Did you I see did. that botch snap? It was hard. Holy I, fucking I, shit! I mean, they all they had to do was tie the goddamn game. It's like they're snake bit. Are you kidding me? It was hard. It was hard to watch. It it it's, it boggles the mind how the this Chargers team. Puts up so many points. I know. themselves in so many games. And oh. I think they were leading this game at halftime. Yes. Yes. I mean, the, the person I feel the worst for is Phillip Rivers. Just, just hand it over. Somebody give this guy a friggin' team to play with. There was, I was, there was one point he was literally shouting for the guy to go upfield. He's like, get upfield. I want to throw the first down. Go. Because yeah. that's pretty much your only strategy on every fucking down at this point. Oh, my God. Keep themselves in the game Oh. He has just, I'm trying to find the right, he's just got a Patrick quilt of wide receivers out there in terms of uh, guys he can throw to consistently. Antonio Gates is pretty much on a wheelchair in the field. He still had a touchdown. Yeah. You got yeah. this guy, Hunter Henry, random tight ends, got a touchdown. Yeah. You know, Dontrell Inman didn't show up this week. Terrell Williams did. Tyrell Williams and, and Travis all, Benjamin both had 100-yard days. It all depends. It all depends. It's always random for him, and he still manages to keep his teams in games, and they can't win. I just... Oh, Melvin God. Melvin Gordon had a huge fumble. Huge fumble. Again. Again. Just, it, it, it's really rough to watch. Oh, it's just, it's a shame, because... You know, a couple of things go their way. This team could be like 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh or something, and it's just... I mean, how do they figure out a way to lose, 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 and lose? Now, from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, these guys are all great fantasy players. Phillip Rivers, I love him in fantasy. I Tra- yeah. Travis Benjamin's been producing. Tyrell Travis Williams. Tyrell Ty- Williams has been a little bit wonky, but he- we were hoping for this. We were hoping to have Tyrell mm-hmm. Williams have a big game and replace Keenan Allen. And now, and Tyrell Williams, you know, to his credit, even when he doesn't produce, he's he's like Quincy Anunwa. He's still consistent. He kind of still has some yeah. numbers to be put up. But then, you know, with that comes a big game like this. And fascinating, you say about Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. Now you got two tight ends out there. Both of them are worthwhile. I'm still leaning hard to Henry just because Gates is on. I would love to back Gates because Gates is a Hall of Famer, first ballot, just a legend. But he's got so many injuries, and you know, if it's not absolutely in the red zone, you can't rely on him. And I think at this point, the Chargers need a guy who can be every down and kind of move the chains. And Hunter Henry had a couple big catches mm-hmm. this game mm-hmm. that 
know, kind of solidify him as probably more of the future. I uh, I agree. I agree. Um, let's talk about the Raiders. Um, so the Raiders are good. Uh, the Raiders are really good. They are four and one. They are officially the first time they've been four and one since two thousand two when they went to the Super Bowl. When they had Jerry Rice. Oh, remember that guy? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Jerry Rice on the Raiders is definitely a rem- a memory you got to work hard to remember, but it happened. Um, yeah. Amari Cooper finally scored a touchdown. Amari Cooper, amazing. Michael Crabtree got a touchdown. I mean, this this passing attack is just as dangerous. Uh, interest. Okay, let's talk a little quickly about the running game for the Raiders because this game, Latavius Murray didn't play. It was official. He was ruled out. Mm-hmm. And they went into a straight-up running back by committee. Jalen Rashard had eight carries. DeAndre Washington had nine carries. James Olawali had six carries. Completely split amongst all of them. All of them were kind of middle of the pack. None of them had any more than 31 rushing yards. And Olawali had the had the touchdown. This is a committee situation. Okay, Latavius Murray is sitting out. He's hurt. Do, do you get any of these other guys? We've, we keep talking about this week after week after week, and I think you've said Jalen Rashard, but now that we have another week where we see full committee split, I mean... They're letting Washington. They're letting Washington get a little bit more... Well, at least Washington's been the more productive. And, and both, of them got the into the, both of them got into the passing game. Jalen Rashard and DeAndre Washington both had receptions. Uh, Rashard had six catches for 66 yards. DeAndre Washington, five catches for 29 yards. So they're both into PPR format players as well. Right. It's, it's again, it, this one's kind of rough, and I don't know what the extent of Latavius Murray's injuries. I think he was he a late scratch uh, he, for this game he, going in. He was, he was doubtful going into the weekend. He's got a toe injury. Um, th- oh, those are always hard to call. Too. Exactly. And you're talking about a running back who's going to be cutting off of that, off of that exactly. toe. Exactly. So I'm I'm remember, suspecting he's going to be down for a couple more weeks. I mean, I'll take a look, but I mean, I'm not hoping for the best. Yeah, I I want to say to go with I still want to say go with Jalen Richard as a starter, but if they're going to be mixing up with Washington. You your hands are pretty much tied with this one. If you can look elsewhere to another team for running back, I'd say go with it. But just the way the NFL is right now in terms of running backs are. And running backs are it's that drought at the position. So any guy you see who gets a starting job, it's like an oasis. Yeah, I mean it's a commodity right now. If you've got a solid running back like a Demarco Murray or a Shady McCoy, you hang on to him for dear life. Yeah, um, uh, and if I'm, you're really hurting for a running back, I would tell you kind of not to look at this okay. as a prime example. The okay. Raiders like to throw the football early and often. They're really good at it. So a running back, you know, kind of having a running back who can put up hundred yards a game for them is a luxury. Um, the last thing I'm going to ask you before I get off this game, so the Raiders are 4-1, and one, they're looking good, but they have a way of letting up points. They let up 31 points in this game, and this is not the first time where they've let up lots of points. I mean, they let up the, the week one when they beat the Saints, They still, I think they beat them 35-34, so do you think this team can make the playoffs? Well, that's the crazy part, it really hinges on their defense. Uh, I think... I think a lot of people early on kind of pegged them as having, they've got all the tools, and if you look at them on paper, the defense should be a lot better than it is. And I yeah. want to say, I don't know if it was pro football, or there was some consensus that they were, their wide one of their cornerbacks actually, is the number one rated cornerback in the NFL. What? And he, yeah, I think he actually got burned this weekend, so, um, twice. So, that, it, you know, it's, it's just funny, but I, I 
really the end of the day, okay. you can't expect a David Carr to come out. Sorry, that's just a David Carr. <laughs> you can't expect him to come out and throw three touchdowns every single game. They're going to yeah. have to win a couple games with good defense. Yeah. I mean, that's what really good teams do, period. You know, it's nice to have a Michael Crabtree come and pull your ass out of the fire. Yeah. You know, every so often, but you can't expect that to be every single week. Mm-hmm. So the defense has really got to step up. When no one's worried about the offense and where it's going to come from, we're worried about the defensive stops, you know, those goal line situations, those third down and, you know, two or third down and one situations, mm-hmm. if you guys can pull it out. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, I like this. Pretty good assessment. A lot of scoring. I just. Feel bad for that Charger team. Uh, let's go to the night game. Giants lose to the Packers 23-16. My first take was the Packers had this game, you know, fully in control early on. Randall Cobb finally showed up and broke out. Had a good game, hundred nine catches, 108 yards receiving. Jordy Nelson got into the mix. He had a touchdown. Um, but I think the, the story is that Randall Cobb did his thing. Um, and the other story is Eddie Lacy had a good day but got hurt. Yes, Eddie Lacy looks. I mean, I, I love Eddie Lacy. He he gashes offenses, man. He comes in and just. I remember one time a guy tried to bring him down in the sidelines, literally held on to him, rode him all the way out of bounds, and was still upright and just kind of screaming. It's just you know Eddie Lacy loves chances to just really steamroll. So it's kind of it's rough to see him uh, get hurt. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I, you know, the uh, the cl- the clear answer to that is that James Starks is going to take over as the starting back. But we've seen this; we saw this last year when Lacey got hurt as well, or when Lacey got benched. Um, yes, I don't really know if we can rely on Starks, even though he gets the number one running back duties. I don't know if I can rely on him to produce because I don't know if he's a good enough running back. Uh, and I'm gonna. He had a fumble in this game. He got a chance to carry the football and he fumbled. He fumbled it away. He almost gave the Giants a chance to come back into the game in the fourth quarter. Like, but unfortunately, Eli's suckage, dude. Pretty much. We're, we're going to get to Eli in a second, but do you think James Starks is worth picking up because he's the number one guy? Simply because he's the number one guy. I'm going to have to go actually with a yes on this, mainly because one. That Packers uh, offense is so good. They need a running back just to kind of uh, really to one the time of possession and two just to kind of break things up every now and then. Um, you know, Eddie Lacy runs so well in that offense. Starks in the past, you know, relieving or playing in place of Eddie Lacy looks good. He had a couple really good games. Yeah. But I, I don't know, I haven't seen enough of him recently. I don't know if he's still got, you know, another shot left in the uh, in the old barrel. But yeah. I would I would say he's worth a start. I'd say give him a chance. Okay. Especially when running backs right now are, you know, at a premium. Yeah, I mean, you right, need one. you were just talking about how scarce running backs are. And, you know, James Starks will be the number one running back for a pretty darn good defense. Starting guy. Pretty darn Starting good offense. a good team. And, a good team. And, you know, I think the only thing to say is that Starks is a little bit more susceptible to the defensive matchup, whereas Lacey might not be. Which is a good point. Um, I, uh, let's talk about the Giants. So you want to talk about running backs who are getting, their, who are getting the rock and not producing. The Orleans Darkwa, Bobby Rainey, Paul, this whole running back situation is a mess. None of them can really produce. Darkwa is getting he's getting the opportunities, but he, he that's a perfect example of someone who is a number one running back, sort of, but can't produce at all. 
I don't know if I want to point the finger at the offensive line on this, but it. I mean, it's they been, have not had the it, running back game in in New York. At least for the Giants, went south when TD was gone. Ahmad Bradshaw was a great yeah. You know, kind of and and Brandon Jacobs was Brandon Jacobs was dependable, but he wasn't a he wasn't a burner. He was just a bruiser. He would go in there and get like you know third and two first down type situation. Yeah. And they've, they've been missing that forever, forever and ever. And it's amazing to me that the the Giants management has never really taken an, a seriously active, you know, uh, position in trying to get a feature back. Yeah. Get like you know a, a franchise to find. And Ezekiel Elliott. Like, you see what it can do. Thanks. You can see what those guys can. Those guys, the type of guy can bring to your franchise. The Giants obviously need that right now. Eli needs that right Dude. now. And Eli is just, man, he is up, he is down. This is, you know, again, things change so quickly in the NFL. This team was 2-0. and The Giants were looking good. They were looking hot. They were looking like they turned things around. And now they lose three straight. They're looking just like they did last year. They're making all the same mistakes. Their defense that, Now I'm sitting here saying their defense that looked good against the Cowboys and the Saints is looking like shit against all these other teams they play. Now, granted, they play the Packers and the Vikings. Those were two tough teams. But I don't, I'm not seeing any real change. I'm seeing same defensive problems. You just mentioned it. I'm seeing offensive line issues. And, you know, Odell Beckham can get angry at a kicking net all he wants. The fact of the matter is, if there's nobody else on this offense that's going to be producing and Eli's going to keep throwing picks, they're going to go to 6-10 and 10 again. Eli really... I, I don't want to say he outright gave the game away, but there were times where it just he he looked more like a rookie. Yeah, he yeah. looked more like a rookie. Actually, for the the scope of this entire season, it's almost argued that Eli looked more like a rookie quarterback than he has as a guy who's won two Super Bowls. Yeah, oh. you know, and has has guided a team into the playoffs. You know, when they're down in their division, he doesn't look like the same kind of quarterback. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he's just not okay with the offensive play calling. I don't know if it's the line, but there is something just immensely wrong. And you know what? In turn, I think the defense is suffering as a result of that. Yeah. So I think if the offense is playing a little better, you one wouldn't see the defense on the field as long as they have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of trying to prop the team up. Yeah. So it's it's all it's all related. And, uh, you know, again, I will mention a big reason I think the running game didn't do anything was because the Packers went up early. You know, they went up early and the Giants had to abandon that run game and start throwing the ball. I mean, dude, Giants just look bad. It looks bad. And there's there's really a question of coaching, too. You know, there's this sense of this is a bit of a similar coaching staff to last year. I mean, aside from Coughlin, you know, it's a lot of the same people. You know, Ben McAdoo was there last year working with Eli Manning and you know, I feel like I'm seeing the same problems over and over again. It's like you saw places that you needed to improve the team, and you didn't improve the team. It's almost a willing, just a willing plan to just absolutely ignore the same glaring holes they've had forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys can turn out wide receivers. Where the hell is that like feature running back? Was that one running back who can kind of anchor everything? And they run plays where they have screen passes. Bobby Rainey does it. Yeah. Bobby Rainey's not a feature running back, so. I mean, he's looking, you know. he's kind of filling that Shane Vereen role, and he looks legitimate. I, actually, let's talk, before we get off this game, so uh, fantasy players on the Giants, like, 
I'm I'm trending downward on Eli Manning. I still feel good about Odell. He's the dude. Odell Beckham Jr.'s money in the bank. Even when he has a bad game, he's still yes. still one of the best wideouts out there. Um, Stur- I play him every week. There's no question about that. No, absolutely not. You don't even you don't even think about it. You put him out there. It's one of the good parts about him. Um, Sterling Shepard came back down to earth. Victor Cruz has been actually pretty consistent. But again, like. Who do you like on this Giants team from a fantasy perspective? I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. might be the only most reliable guy out there. Would you agree? I'm, I'm going to have to stay absolutely right. I'd stay away from everything else. Yeah. You know, again, Rainey's only recently come on strong in the last couple games. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really know. I also with um, the injury they have at running back with uh, Vereen and Rashad Jennings. Mm-hmm. Things are a little bit dicey. Yeah. You know. It's, I, don't uh, know, I don't know. I don't know if Orleans Dark was that guy. We didn't really get a chance to see kind of, you know, a, a full, you know, fifteen to twenty touches, twenty and carries of the football with him. He's starting to feel like Andre Williams. You know, Andre Williams had the chance to be the guy in the, for the Giants a couple of years ago, and he just he just wasn't good. He just wasn't good enough. Um, it's just timing. It's just the situation in terms of um, the offense looking buggy. They're just not really getting a chance to. Showcase. And it doesn't help with that they've got poor offensive line play. They do. They've got a bad offensive line in New York. Um, it's, it's rough. They look like Swiss cheese right now. Anything to say about the Packers before we get away from this? Aaron Rodgers has been good, but he's not been... Like, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is, is, the, is the best fantasy option out there. I think he's good. I think he's dependable. But, like, I'll take Drew Brees or okay. Phillip Rivers over Aaron Rodgers. I think that's okay. I watched him in the pocket. He's still got oodles of time. The guy can knit a fucking sweater yeah. in the pocket the yeah. time he has to throw. That's so he true. He still looks good. He still looks comfortable. Jordy Nelson looks better week Dude. by week. Nelson, man. He looks healthy. Thank goodness. I think really a part of it, I don't want to point this at, he Randall Cobb hasn't really come on. Yeah. They, this was the first game he point, showed up. Yeah. At one point when they had, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers for MVP jerseys or shirts, all around, I, he's, he had a really great um, tight end. I cannot remember his name right now. Richard Rogers. Richard Rogers. Well, not Rod, Was it Rogers? Oh, Rogers, oh, oh you mean Rogers. the guy? You mean the guy they signed this year? No. Um. Actually, maybe it was Richard Rogers, who hasn't been playing as well as he did a couple of years ago. Mm. They things are a little bit. Things are aren't they aren't quite the same. Oh, wait there, a minute. Wait a minute. Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley. Thank you. Yeah. That's good memory. Jesus, buddy. Good Dude, job. I love me some uh, football. Philly, Philly had a couple games where he would just be a monster. He had yeah. like two touchdowns. You know, he'd maybe have only forty or fifty yards, but you know, in the twenty, in the you know, between the twenty and the end zone, he was money. But um, I think Rogers is okay. I don't think there's a need to panic. He's doing what he needs to do to win, and I mean, he still looks like the same guy out there to me. Okay, all right, that's uh, sounds good. Let's let's go to the last game of the docket, Monday Night Football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. My first take is that. Again, Carolina Panthers suck. They don't look good at all. They don't sure. do not look good at all. Cam Newton had to sit out. Derek Anderson stepped in. He sent the ball to Greg Olson a lot. Greg Olson was an animal. He was the one shining spot of this Panthers offense. He had nine catches for 181 yards. Went off. Um, they didn't really have answers for him. Honestly, I, the Panthers gave this game away. They gave the Bucks so yes. many chances yes. to get into this game and to, to win it, really. And 
I got to mention this about the Bucks because I actually I watched most of the game except the fourth quarter just because even when it was tied and it was the fourth quarter, I was still sitting there being like, God, these teams are bad. The thing I took yeah. away from the Bucks is that they had a couple of really long drives. They gobbled up a lot of clock. They looked good. And then they couldn't do jack shit in the red zone. They ended up kicking like three or four field goals within like 12 yards of the end zone. And it was just a real moment of like, they can't make things happen in the red zone. And that's a problem. Well, that's what happens when you cut your goddamn tight end. You're, you're you know, eight foot tall tight end. Who's got like golden hands. I, I, it's amazing that you can't score in the red. I mean, when you've got Chakees Rogers. Of all Dude, fucking people. 100 yards rushing. Okay, let's talk about 31 that. 31 carries. 31 carries, which when you, this goes back to what you said about, you know, time of possession and really holding on to the, the you know, the clock, really holding it in your hands. You got a guy like this running the rock 31 times. Of course, you're really just resting it away from a, a Derek Anderson. Mm-hmm. Telling Derek Anderson, hey, guess what? You've got you to gotta beat us. Derek Anderson, you're going to put the ball in your hands yeah. and beat, you know, anyone, really. So <laughs> it's... He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And by the way, to confirm, I was right about Derek Anderson starting his last two games against the Buccaneers. It just wasn't last year. It was two years ago. It was 2014. Oh, my God. So Derek Anderson's last three starts have been against the Buccaneers, and he is now 2-1. and one. He's like, God, poor guy. This is like Groundhog Day for him. Dude. He's, like, he's reliving the same day over and over. <laughs> At least he's lucky enough to still have a job. God bless him for being a backup quarterback. Um Everyone else was sort of, you know, Kelvin Benjamin looked decent, didn't get a lot of work. I mean, Greg Olson was the shining star on that receiving core because, I mean, Derek Anderson didn't look that great. Um, Cameron Artis Kane had a couple touchdowns. Yep, I saw that. I just right when I dropped him and lost faith in him, he went and had two. He had two red zone touchdowns. They were pretty. Um, but but yeah, it was. I'm still I not think sold. Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart's coming back. Yeah, that's what I hear. He should. I think they're saying he's going to be back next week and. You know, I mean, I, I I feel positive. I think, you know, I'd like to see one more game of Jonathan Stewart before I try to start him, just because... Right, I'd say he's worth a stash, because I, I, I know I've seen him, um, he's available, actually, in, in one or two leagues where people kind of gave up on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I so. gave up on him in a couple of my leagues. I was really high on him coming into the draft, and I, you know, it's it's just... Listen, this team was so good last year, and now... They're not. I mean, part of the problem with Stewart and Cameron Artis Payne is that they can't get in the red zone. They can't move the ball. Like, yeah, Cameron Artis Payne got those touchdowns because it was the one time they were actually able to get into the red zone, and that was only once during the entire game that they were able to do that. When you can get Olsen the, the, the football to the tune of 180 yards, you can't get him to help you get the ball any closer. They've, the Panthers, I mean, they've got a lot of problems, and not just on the defensive end. The offense... Again, it goes back to that whole set where I was saying that when Cam Newton's on the field, he just, just by natural talent, just makes things happen because he's always been kind of short at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Benjamin, uh, Benjamin's, Benjamin's been good, but at the same time, I mean, you got Devin Funches. Uh, you know, you got guys like that. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit of a stutter to get into the red zone. No, I agree. Um, the last thing I'll mention is about the Buccaneers. Mike Evans gets a touchdown. He's still good. Uh, still finds a way to yes. be productive even in a game like this. This friggin- I think they're saying he's going to break the record for targets this year. 
at the pace that he's going. He gets the most targets at wide receiver in the NFL easily. I mean, I, I can't complain about that. I got him on one of my teams. I mean, listen, as long as Jameis Winston keeps force-feeding him, you know, he's still a, a – even in, a, in, in bad games, he's still a dynamite fantasy pickup, and I like him out there. If you've got him, hang on to him. Uh, yeah. The last thing I'll mention, not really fantasy-related, but this friggin' kicker they got on the Buccaneers oh. – I mean, Robert listen, I, I know he, he kicked the game winner, but he also missed an easy one, and now they're trashing him because he was one of the highest. You know, they, the Buccaneers spent a second-round pick on this guy, and he is not looking all that strong. I, I just, why the hell are you he's spending got, he's got He's got his growing pains. I, I, I say, you know what, everyone's got their, their off days. Okay. So, I think, I, I want to say it was last year that the Panthers kicker had kind of a similar situation. Where he was, he was so good for most of the year. But there was one game, I think, maybe it was last year, or the year before that, where he had three or two kicks where he just absolutely muffed them. So it happens. It's I. All right. I mean, listen. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. John Gruden was certainly giving him the benefit of the doubt last night. But um, I don't know. It doesn't. Look, I'm not having him on my fantasy team. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I was gonna say just stay away from the Bucks kicker if you're looking for one. Uh, Robert Aguirre is probably not the way to go. We'll laugh about this next year when he's probably the most automatic guy in the league. When he's, like, kicking 50 yarders and going to the Pro Bowl. (laughs) All right, we are done with the slate of games from Week 5. It's officially time to pick Week 6 winners. Shaka, let's start out with the Thursday night matchup. Denver Broncos at the San Diego Chargers. Shaka, who you got? This is going to be very, very, very fun to watch just because... We can figure out just how the San Diego Chargers are going to keep into this game and then lose it at the last minute. <laughs> well, you know they got one plus. They got Joey Bosa back. That's um, true. We're going to have to really be. He look good. We're going to have to really observe the big question if Paxton Lynch is playing yet again. Yeah. Um. If not, I'm going to have to go Denver Broncos. I mean, San Diego Chargers. Just look like a freaking mess on defense. Yeah, they do. You run the rock to CJ Anderson. Hopefully, you soften it up. Hopefully, Paxton Lynch is not playing, and you get Trevor Simeon back. Yeah, who's just finally starting to look like a starting quarterback in the NFL, and he gets hurt. So I'm yeah. gonna go with Denver Broncos on this one against the San Diego Superchargers. <laughs> Um, yeah. I, I am not picking the Chargers. I am also going to go with the Denver Broncos because uh, I'm agreeing with you, man. This defense is still stout. As exciting as Phillip Rivers is, I think he's going to have trouble against the defense. Um, I think they're going to chew him up and spit him out. Anything can go because it is a divisional matchup. You know we've talked about this, divisional matchups. Anything, any, There's a very real chance the Chargers can pull one out. Um, but I think you make a good point about Paxton Lynch and – um, I have no faith in that Chargers defense. I think Denver will slow down Phillip Rivers, probably grind it out, probably run the ball as much as they can. I think it's going to be close, and I think it'll probably be like a three-point game, but I think the Broncos will slow them down and pull out the win. So I'm also going to agree with you and pick the Broncos. Um, let's jump to let's, – here, let's jump to uh, um, my Eagles – so the Eagles have a matchup Sunday afternoon. Philadelphia Eagles at Washington Redskins. Shaka, who you got? I think this game is kind of a summation, really, of the uh, 
the Eagles' schedule for the rest of the year, really. Yeah. You've got a lot of divisional games coming up. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I think you guys, you guys haven't played them yet. The nope. Redskins. So you're going to play them? Nope, this is the first time. twice this year. Um, this is the chance for Carson Wentz to, to bounce back. I mean, again, we talked about that interception. It's kind of a fluky. It's a fluky one, you know, just a guy really trying to win games. And when you look at him compared to Kirk Cousins, Cousins playing for contract year, it doesn't look like he's a, a, you know, a franchise quarterback quite yet. He's got some flashes of brilliance, but the same shit as last year. You know, um, so I'm going to have to go, man. I, I really, really like this Eagles team, and I like that Eagles defense. So I'm going to go Eagles in this one. It's going to be a close game, but, you know, Kirk Cousins, guy's not a winner. Dude, I love it when you say things like that to me, Shaka. I'm in complete agreement. I'm also picking the Eagles, not just because I'm a monster Eagles fan, but because I agree with you. This is a divisional matchup. I think it's a gut-check game for the Eagles because the Lions game was a real test for them. They went down early, they had to climb their way back in, and they learned the hard way about how to lose at the last second with difficult decisions like an interception like Wentz through. but I think he's going to bounce back. I think the Redskins' defense is bad. I think the Eagles will figure out a way to move the ball against the Redskins. And you said it, I think the Eagles' defense is good. I think they're going to cause trouble for Captain Kirk. And I think that, uh, you know, the passing game, Washington has a good passing game. They're going to find ways to move the ball. But it's going to be a back-and-forth game, and I see the Eagles sticking it out in the fourth quarter. I like the Eagles in this game. I'm in total agreement with you. Next game on the docket. San Francisco 49ers on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Shaka, who you got? Well, well, well. The return of Colin Kaepernick is not going to be a pretty one. No, it won't. I have a funny feeling I'm going to see a couple interceptions from him. I mean, (laughs) against that Bills defense. This is not a slight, this is not a knock on Kaepernick. But I just have no idea where he and Chip Kelly stand in terms of uh, seeing eye-to-eye on that offense. I agree. I, I I love the simplicity of the Bills' offense right now. You know, a lot of talent on the field. Fucking on the defense is not fucking good at all. Nope. And I expect to see Tyron Taylor absolutely carving a crisp of ham out of their asses. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bills in this one over 49ers. I'm completely agreeing with you, man. I'm I'm picking the Bills as well. I uh, listen. God bless Colin Kaepernick and everything he's doing. Uh, but I'm I'm really curious to see how he's going to work in this offense. I don't I I'm, I don't know what the hell it's going to look like right now. Um, the Bills defense is tenacious. I think they're going to chew up Kaepernick, just like you said. I think that uh, Lashawn McCoy and Tyra uh, Lashawn McCoy is going to run all over the place because I think the Niners defense sucks. Um, and I think Tyrod Taylor is probably going to have a few 70-yard passes to maybe Robert Woods or Marquise Goodwin. Um, I'm definitely picking the Bills. It's it's going to get ugly, and I think Rex Ryan is on his uh, is on his path to success right now. So I'm going with the Bills as well. Next they up, started Kaepernick two games ago. Honestly, dude, like, totally, me. totally. Like, like, oh God. I mean, dude, I couldn't agree more. Just God, what the hell? San Francisco. <laughs> You know what we might need to do? We might need to call right now. Chip Kelly, this might be one and done. He might be gone after this season. We'll see. It's looking like it, though. Yeah, that's that's my bold pick of the week, is Chip Kelly gone after one year. Um, next up on the docket, the woeful Cleveland Browns going on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. Shaka, who you got? Uh, this, is, this is an easy one. Titans, for sure. I mean, DeMarco Murray's going to have a fucking field day. He's been having a field day with everyone, really, but, I mean, that Browns defense isn't going to do anything at all. 
Mariota, let's see if he can kind of get two weeks of consistent, good quarterback play. And maybe, just maybe, we might find out who the actual number one wide receiver is on these NFC Titans. Fingers crossed, but I doubt it. And then we'll see if the Browns can bring out a sixth quarterback, you know, this year. <laughs> but I'm going Titans for sure at this one. Call up Brady Quinn and Matt Castle. Get them out of here. Get them out oh, here, God. man. Go trade for Brandon Whedon. Get him back on the Browns. Brady's had a... Well, Brady Quinn's had a trainer since week three. He's getting back in shape. Dude, <laughs> the return of Brady Quinn to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm also picking the Titans. I think this team that uh, has you know lost a couple of tough games is going to finally shine at home. They're going to they're going to get a much needed win. They're going to beat a woeful Browns team. Marcus Mariota and Demarco Murray, I think, are going to look great. And I think Delaney Walker is going to have a field day. That's going to be the guy who's going to shine from the receiving Ooh, core again. I like this prediction. Um, next up, Baltimore Ravens on the road against the New York Giants. Shaka, who you got? This is a fascinating game. This is a very fascinating game. Two somewhat. Well, actually, you know what? The Ravens have a slightly better record. Um, but just mediocre quarterbacks right now uh, battling off against two mediocre defenses. So um, this is... Might be an ugly game to watch. I'm expecting a few turnovers on both sides, mm-hmm. but I think the Giants are gonna right the ship a little bit. They really need this win a lot to kind of uh, as a gut check. So I think Eli is gonna kind of buckle down this week. He's gonna come out here and he's gonna pull out a gutsy win on the Ravens. Mm. Wow, I uh, you know you make a really good point. I'm sitting here now because I'm also struggling to try to figure out who I want to pick to win this game as well, and. I'm, I'm going to go contrarian. I'm going to pick the Ravens. Uh, I feel a little wonky with that pick because I feel like these two teams are pretty they're pretty tightly matched. They've both got a lot of problems that they need to figure out. And in that situation, I would probably lean towards the home team. Like, I think the Giants probably need this win and we'll figure out a way to pull it out. But, you know, the Ravens have looked better. I think their defense is a little better. I think I, think I can see them getting up and then trying to run out the game with Terrence West. Like, I kind of see this being a smash-mouth game, and I see the Ravens pulling out like a three-point win or a two-point win on the road against the Giants. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. Okay, I think that's a fair assessment. It is hard to call, though, because these two teams are kind of in the same murky, you know, identity crisis. No, I completely agree. This is a tough one. This is this is definitely a coin toss. Um, next up, Carolina Panthers on the road against the New Orleans Saints. Shaka, who you got? Wow, talk about back-to-back murkiness. Uh, yeah. If we're going to say Cam Newton comes back, this one's going to be a score fest because uh, the Saints are coming off of a bye week. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees, a little bit of rest. The offense, a little bit of rest. Uh, I'm going to go, is this in New Orleans? It is in New Orleans. I have to go with the home team on this one just because it's such a tough call. I'm going to have to say the home team edge wins out in this one. Saints pull this one out. Uh, Panthers, they don't look good. The ship is sinking. uh, I'm officially, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pick the Saints. I think for everything you just said, I like the home team. Drew Brees is great at home. They're coming out of a bye week as bad as they are. I don't feel any confidence anymore in this Panthers offense or this Panthers defense. Like I'm really thinking they're reeling. They're gonna. They're this Panthers secondary is gonna get burned by Drew Brees, and I think they're gonna put up so many goddamn points 
the Panthers aren't going to be able to keep up. Like, I think it's going to be that Panthers-Falcons game all over again where they scored a lot, but the Falcons scored more. Um, like a war of attrition. It's just who, who can keep this up for longer. Yeah, man. And you are you got the Saints at home coming off a bye. They're so good at home. I don't care how bad they are. You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to go with the Saints as well. I'm going to go against the Panthers, dude. This this team is the ship is sinking. You nailed it, man. That's um, going to be fun to watch, though. That'll be very fun to watch. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, next up on the docket, Jacksonville Jaguars on the road against the Chicago Bears. Shaka, who you got? Okay, Mr. Hoyer, you're past due for some kind of. Uh, I mean, did you say it was back to back 300 yard games? He's had three three straight 300-yard games. Stand corrected. Three 300-yard games. So we obviously know it's not a fluke. Yeah. Um, I think Zach Miller is uh, Mr. Money this game. Probably two touchdowns. He's a favorite receiver. Um, Alshon Jeffrey's been playing okay. I don't know if he's kind of got the sink down quite yet. And our boy Jordan Howard... You always got to keep an eye on him. I, I, I loved watching him run. He just looks like that guy you don't want to hit head on. And you just hope he stiff arms you to the side and you get out of the way. But uh, I'm going to have to go with the Bears on this one. They need a win. I think this is uh, this is it. I, uh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to also pick the Bears. I think both of these teams are pretty bad, but I think the Bears have more offense. I love how Jordan Howard's playing. I agree with you. Um, Alshon Jeffrey's dangerous, but I really, you know, the Hoyer-Zach Miller and really just Hoyer being able to spread the ball around and they're playing in Chicago. Like I got to give the, yeah. ben- this is another situation where I got to give the benefit to the home team with two bad teams and the Jaguars, just that tip, yeah. you know, they pulled out, a- they've looked worse than I thought they would be. And they pulled out that win against the Colts. Um, you know, they got a lot of things to be positive about with Blake Bortles and that passing game, but there's just, there's not enough consistency. So I got to agree with you and I'm picking the bears at home. Next up, Los Angeles Rams on the road against the Detroit Lions. Shaka, who you got? This is a weird one because I can foresee myself next week being awfully, awfully wrong on the prediction. I'm going to have to go with the Lions in this one just because, Mm -hmm. like you said earlier, Stafford's been really good in light of, you know, not having a Megatron. Marvin Jones has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... I just don't see the Lions losing this one. They really have no offense on the other side to contend with. There's not going to be a race in terms of Case Keenum versus Stafford. Mm-hmm. It's clearly a, a superior quarterback. And it's just a question of how long can the Rams' defense hold the gates before they, they, they give in. Yeah. So i got to go Lions on this one. Okay. I, uh, I'm also, dude, this is another game where I'm like, what the hell do I make of this matchup or these teams? I, uh... I'm going to pick the Lions as well. I'm going to go with the home team. I think that they've got some offense in them. I think I think the Rams' defense is good. But they find ways to kind of let some of these teams kind of stay in the game and also get the better of them. And, you know, I don't have much respect for the Lions' defense, but I, no think, the, I think the Lions' defense is better than the Rams' offense. And I, you know, after losing that game to the Bills, I just... Jeff Fisher and the Rams, I got no respect for him, man. I'm picking the Lions as well. I say let's uh, let's look at maybe Todd Gurley having a big game this, this coming week. Though. That would be nice. Todd Gurley blowing up sounds like on. this sounds like an opportunity for him to blow up. If he doesn't blow up against the Lions, what the hell's going on? Um, he's playing against his defense anyway. So. Yeah. Um, next up, P- 
Pittsburgh Steelers on the road against the Miami Dolphins. Shaka, who you got? I mean, really, at this point, it doesn't matter who's in the Steelers' way. They're just, they're just slashing, they're carving, they're, they're leaving the names in every stadium. Um, and the Miami Dolphins are fucking awful, awful right now, awful. So uh, pretty much roadkill, and the uh, the Steelers are a Ferrari four fifty eight right now. They're just gonna, <laughs> they're just, they're just in the way. Um, so man, I'm gonna say Pittsburgh, and it's not gonna be pretty. Uh, I completely agree with you, Pittsburgh, and it's not going to be pretty. I don't even think I need to explain myself. It's that bad. It's that bad. coming back, but it doesn't matter. Like, the, the thing we should be talking about is, is, will Ben Roethlisberger throw five or six touchdowns? I mean, they're probably going to sit him after the fifth. <laughs> Just let him rest and sit down and chill out. Who's the backup? Is it Jarvis Landry or Michael Vick in uh, Pittsburgh? Right I think now? it's still Jarvis Landry. I don't know if Vick's on a roster anymore. I don't. I don't think so. I think he might be a free oh, agent God. officially. Oh God! They, uh, they, he lost his job midway through last year. Um, well, that, someone's getting a touchdown in the backup role today uh, this week. <laughs> Jarvis Landry throwing a touchdown in the fourth quarter in garbage minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's got to shine. Um, next up on the docket, Cincinnati Bengals on the road against the New England Patriots. Shaka, who you got? Well, it's going to be a rough one for the Bengals. I know they kind of need a little redemption, and they probably got a little, some identity questions. But the New, uh, the New England Patriots don't give two shits about any of these things. Tom Brady's back. He's fresh. He's ready to pretty much kick the shit out of anybody in yep. his way. And he's got so many pieces assembled around him. I mean, it's like... The New England Avengers at this point, it's just all just all superheroes, I feel like, on that squad. So the Bengals got no shot in this one. I'm going Patriots all the way. I'm going Patriots all the way as well. Like you said, the Bengals need this win. They've got problems. They, can, they need a win to bounce back. They're trying to figure things out. But Tom Brady and this Patriots team in Foxborough, dude, they are yeah. a juggernaut that is not going to be stopped. Gronk is going to eat them up. Bennett's going to eat him up. Blunt's going to eat him up. Brady, Edelman, Hogan. We can go on and on. Maybe James White tears him up too and gets a piece of the ass as well. But Patriots all the way, man. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a discussion. Um, next up, ooh, nice divisional matchup: Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Oakland Raiders. Shaka, who you got? This might be the most interesting of the games. Maybe yeah. not the most exciting. But definitely in terms of the most interesting because it's kind of a pair off of a really good Raiders offense with a so-so defense. Mm-hmm. You got a really good Chiefs defense. Mm-hmm. Kind of got gashed by the Steelers, but they're fine with a so-so offense. Mm-hmm. So it's going to kind of be a question of who can really exert their will first. Mm-hmm. But again, I really like this Raiders offense. I, I feel like they've got just enough that they can kind of get themselves over the hump every time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Raiders in a close as shit game against the Chiefs. Yeah, I think this might be Shaka's game of the week. Um, yeah, I think so. The uh, so I'm fe- I you know this is also a really really this this week is littered with tricky matchups, man. Um, it, is, it really is. Divisional matchup, like we say, divisional matchups can go any way. We're just not really sure. You know, my gut wants to tell me the Chiefs because they got a better defense. Um, but I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think the Raiders' offense is so damn explosive. And even though the Chiefs are coming off a bye, and to their credit, Andy Reid is really good after a bye week. I'm an, I'm an Eagles fan. I remember this. He comes out of a bye. He's usually really, really prepared. So I think they're going to sock the Raiders in the mouth. 
but I still want to pick the Raiders because their offense is so good. And even though the Chiefs have a good D, we saw that Chiefs D get annihilated by the Steelers. Yeah. Annihilated. You put, you put Marcus Peters and Amari Cooper, fine, but who's going to watch a Michael Crabtree? Exactly. You know, it's... It's really, it's really tough. It's and, a good question. And the Chiefs' offense is not strong enough. I like. I think the Raiders' defense will be enough to slow down Alex Smith and Spencer Ware. Like I'm agree, I'm agreeing with you. I got to pick the Raiders by like a tiny, tiny margin. This is just a game. This one's a question of turnovers. Who's gonna make that one mistake that kind of changes the swing of the game? Dude, good call. Good call. Game of turnovers. I like that. Um, okay, we're almost done. Next up on the docket, whoo, this might be Shaka's game of the week. Atlanta Falcons on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Shaka, who you got? Ooh, you're right. Actually, this is this is the game of the week. I like both week. quarterbacks. I like both quarterbacks a lot. Mm-hmm. I like both defenses. Is Atlanta I mean, for like real? Is Atlanta like for real? Slightly, I'd say, you know what, I'm going to say at this point, it's not a question anymore. Atlanta definitely is for real. It's just a question of, uh, how much the Seahawks have coming off the bye and how much they can, uh, they can handle it. Can they fill up the score chart as quickly as the Atlanta team? And, but you know what? This is a really good game, but I'm going to have to lean Seahawks with a slight edge just because the Legion of Boom, they, you know, they're really good at, you know, taking on that superstar position, that one guy who's a superstar. And um, the Falcons, man, this is a really good game. It's a really rough call, but... I see him trying to find an answer for a Devonta Freeman and a Tevin Coleman. I'm going to have to go Seahawks with a slight edge on the Falcons. Yeah, I, um, I'm i going to agree with you. I'm going to pick the Seahawks at home as well. I think the Falcons, listen, I think the Falcons are for real. I think they're great. I think their offense is dynamite. I bet you they're going to be spooking that Seahawks defense more than anybody's going to expect. They're going to put more points on them and put more yardage on them than most teams will, even playing in Seattle. That's how good I think Atlanta is. But you nailed it, man. It's going to be a close game. And the Seahawks, listen, never underestimate the heart of a champion, man. They are going to figure out a way. Russell Wilson will roll out of that pocket and make some amazing throws, score a couple of fourth-quarter touchdowns. I mean, I see them winning on like a field goal or something like that. So I'm going to also pick the Seahawks. I feel like this one's going to be in the 30s, 30 points, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. A lot of good games this week. A lot of good games. Okay, um, next up, this is, oh my God, this is another great game. Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Shaka, who you got? I mean, the rookies have to go down eventually. It's just, it's unfortunate that they're going to have to do it against Aaron Rodgers. Um... Cowboys, man, they looked really good. And like you said, I haven't really taken into account how good their defenses look, but their defense is no bullshit. Mm -hmm. But Aaron Rodgers, we were saying this. I said earlier, he's like, you know what? Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked absolutely out of this world amazing, but he's handled his business. And I think really it comes down to the Cowboys aren't going to put up enough points to really handle Aaron Rodgers just slinging the football. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go the, the vet over the rookies in this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to agree with you simply for the same reasons you said it. They're veterans. Aaron Rodgers knows how to take care of business. They're going to be at home in Lambeau Field. I think with the rookies, home field plays a big part. Um, yes. I certainly think the Cowboys are going to – they're going to get theirs. Ezekiel Elliott, 
he can find holes in that in that Packers defense. This Packers defense is not brilliant. I think he's going to gouge them. He's going to find chunks of yardage here and there. But when it matters most, when they get to the fourth quarter, when it when you're talking about turnovers, Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way. And I think this game is going to be pretty close, but I see the Packers also pulling it out as well. And, you know, it's going to be a big learning experience for those rookies on the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a big test for Prescott. And kind of just to really see where his, his head and his gut is at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday night game, Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Houston Texans. Shaka, who you got? Man. <laughs> we got to all um, these great Texans. matchups, and now we're talking about the shittiest matchup I can think of on Sunday night. The Houston Texans have really, uh, I, I, you know, I had the flag flying from, but the wind is the wind is out of the sails at this point. I, I, it looks like a joke. Yeah. And the biggest question on that that Texans uh, team is, can they put up numbers? Can they put up an offense? Yeah. And I don't really, I don't have a hundred percent faith in it. They're, you know, they're anemic week to week. Is, is you know. It's just so inconsistent. I don't see them being able to to run up the score against the Colts def- uh, defense. Even the Colts defense, which has not been great. Um, I see Lamar Miller finally having a big game, finally mm-hmm. scoring a touchdown. I agree. I agree. But I can in honest, I can in all honesty say that they're going to win this game. I'm going to have to go Colts. Wow. Shitty, shitty, questionable offense and all. Shitty defense. It's uh, Colts. it's okay. The Colts have had the Texans number for a while. I'm going to have to go Colts. I am going to go against you on this. I'm going to pick the Texans at home. Um, even with all the problems the Texans have had, I still think at home, they're 3-0 and at home. Brock Osweiler, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, they can find some explosion. You know, they did that against the Titans a few weeks ago. I think the Colts are bad enough on offense that Brock Osweiler, really, you you nailed it. Lamar Miller is going to get his. They're going to find holes, and they're going to damage this Colts uh, defense. And I don't know if Andrew Luck is going to be able to pull out the magic. I think I think you're going to see, even without J.J. Watt, a little Jadavian Clowney, a little Whitney Merciless, those guys are going to cause trouble and really interrupt uh, his timing. I, 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 you know, maybe T.Y. Hilton burns them a couple of times, but... I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Texans. This is an ugly matchup, but I, you know, two ugly teams, but home team, Texans, prime time. Let's, let's give them one more shot before I count them out. Okay. Now, Shaka, Monday Night Football, your New York Jets on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Oof. Who you got? Well, the big question here is whether or not Carson Palmer is actually going to be playing in this game. It really kind of is the hinge that this whole thing swings on. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I, I'm looking this up right now just for your own, just so you know. Officially, as of right now, Cardinals clear Carson Palmer to practice. Ah, uh, he's passed the concussion protocol. Then. Okay. Um, he is on track to start against the Jets. And this is in this is in Arizona. This is in Arizona. That pretty much clinches it. I, I really, you can't really go against the Arizona Cardinals, who are really fucking good at home. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, mm-hmm. really good at home. Carson Palmer's healthy. He's got three potential absolute fucking daggers at mm-hmm. the wide receiver position. You got David Johnson, and you got a great Arizona defense. It's hard to go against that. Yeah. I'm going to have to go Arizona Cardinals at home against a very, very one 
beat up the wide position position Jets. You got a quarterback who, from week to week, we don't know who you're going to see. Um, go Cardinals on this one, unfortunately. That's my Jets. That's okay, man. Sometimes you got to go against your favorite team. I assume one of these days you are going to get me to honestly pick against my Eagles. Um, I'm going to also pick the Cardinals. I think at home, it is good to know Carson Palmer's coming back. Uh, but I think that offense is so dangerous, even with all the problems they've had. The Jets, you know, this continual slate of tough teams continues. They're going to struggle. I think the game's going to be closer than we think because Arizona's got problems. Like, I think I think they're going to turn the ball over more than we think, and I think the Jets are really going to put out a show and, and try to prove to everybody that they're better than their record shows. Um, but I agree with you. I think David Johnson is going to gouge them, and I think at home Arizona is going gonna, is gonna to squeak out the win and certainly put up more points. It's... It'll be a fun game. It'll be exciting to watch on Monday night, but I, I agree. i got to pick the Cardinals as well. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be fun still. Dude, that's it. That's all for the show, man. We ran down the week, and we picked our winners for next week. Um, dude, really enjoyed you coming on the show, and thanks, for everyone, for listening. Uh, as always, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Send me questions, any fantasy questions you have. We would love to have them on the show. We'll comment on them. Uh, email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Shaka, any other words before we sign off and get everybody into week six? Guys, thank you for listening. Um, and this is really probably going to be the most compelling weekend of football, I think, uh, since the start of the season. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I- I'm excited. I'm going to watch a lot of games this weekend. I completely agree. This one is very, very intriguing. There's a lot of matchups where I have no idea what the outcome's going to be. And no clue. It's going to be very eye-opening. It's going to reveal a lot about these teams and the rest of the season when we see how these things shake out this week. Very compelling. Very compelling. That's the fun of the game. Love this stuff. Um, all right, that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, take it easy, guys. Enjoy football. Thank you, guys.